up youtube boxing family youtube gaming family anybody that comes through to the channel um it's k right here i'm back with another good live stream for you guys today um i'm gonna be chopping it up on some uh boxing news and uh you know just some uh i guess like ufc mma talk um i'm gonna talk about the well not so massive upset but really good win with uh that Yan lady that defeated Mackenzie Dern, which I wasn't so surprised. Like, I mean, Mackenzie Dern, she's not that good of a fighter. And I guess, like, to anybody UFC fan related watching this live stream, not really sure how many people will try to detract to say, "Oh, nah, man, like you're wrong about that." She's she's a good fighter, man. Well, I'll be I'll be the very first of few or many people to say that I don't. I don't think she's that good. Um, I was never really sold on her simply due to, you know, uh, some of her weird political views that she she just started just talking out publicly. And she acts like a weirdo. She She's, like, not that intelligent. And I think the thing about her is, like, she's only notable because she's just on, you know, social media a lot. And people talk about her at an all-time high. And she uh, she was never shit to begin with, but um, I don't I don't really like you know what she does outside of UFC. Like 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 it's nothing to say that she isn't like a bad fighter or a great fighter. It's just like I never I never really cared too much about her as a person. But um, I was happy that you know Jan you know beat the crap out of her. She wasn't she, uh, she was never on anybody's radar herself. But I mean. Knowing that the UFC, you know, especially for women, they're pretty, uh, how should I say, they're pretty low when it comes to divisions-wise because it's not as many divisions compared to men. But uh, either way, um, she, uh, she uh, like, uh, the level of competition for women is definitely not on the level for men, but they're definitely getting their shine where they're able to do more in the sport compared to female boxing, where you know, the level of opposition is, is definitely not 50-50 level fights, and you're not seeing a fight where it's getting competitive versus in female MMA. MMA is actually at a good state where the women are actually putting on more work, and they're getting decent money, but they're not getting, you know, about the greatest money. But uh, that's another topic to talk about for later. But um, nothing interesting for boxing. 
I guess, like, if you guys want me to bring it up, um, Luis Neri had a good knockout victory over his opponent. Um, I forgot who the hell his opponent was, but he knocked him out, uh, I believe, in three rounds. David Carmona, yep, it was on the Legado de Campeones fight. And um, it was a, you know, okay fight. I mean, it was nothing special. I mean, you know, it was okay fight overall, but the rest of the card, it was pretty much trash. I wasn't really, like, so sold on everybody. I mean, <coughs> the only uh, the only good fighters that were on the card was just, you know, Luis Neri and then I guess at the main event with Jackie Nava. But see, see like, uh, for those of you that don't know, Jackie Nava, um, she uh, she's like a longtime female fighter. Uh, way past her prime, but she uh, she was very good back back in her day. Um, she's she's heavily known for being knocked out by uh, I believe that Argentinian female fighter. I forgot what her name was. Oh, Alejandra um, Oliveira. For those of you that don't know, but yeah, Jackie Nava. Um, she's a good fighter. I believe she's like a two division or three division world champion, but she's way past it. She's like forty two years old, but. Yeah, she was at the main event down there, and she had, like, an okay fight, but it wasn't too much of, like, a big victory. Uh, if anything, like, I'd probably say it's, you know, like, it's time for her time for her to, time for her to hang it up and just, you know, move forward. But, um, yeah, like, it was a good fight. Um, you know, it was decent. Um, she um, She's definitely not her normal self anymore, so she doesn't, you know, compete at, like, the high, high level, but... Uh, she has some decent skills, you know, you know, do, doing, you know, what she's able to do at, uh, like, what, uh, 42 years old. But either way, um, Luis Neri, he looked okay. It, it wasn't anything special. Um, I want to say he's back down at 122 now. So uh, I'm not too sure of, like, what the, you know, mindset will be for him coming into the coming into his next uh, decisions, but um, everything should be set in stone for him when the PBC calls him back up. So I'm pretty sure that's just going to end up happening. Um, he obviously beat Carlos Castro on the Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios um, undercard. So um, I'm pretty sure Neri, he has a pretty good tough fight schedule coming up. Um, He's only 27, about to be 28 in December. But, uh, I mean, as far as 122 goes, you know, we have a lot of good competition. Um, I don't think Neri is really that good of a 122-pounder. I, I think, like, when you look at the state of boxing at 122, uh, Luis Neri doesn't really carry that much traction in what he does in his career. And whatever people try to say to me, like, nah, man, you're joking. Neri's a good fighter, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you look at his opponents, like, you know, ever, ever since the Bantamweight days, like, his only notable wins at Bantamweight was against, you know, Juan Carlos Payano. And then you won a vacancy belt against Aaron Alameda. But then at Bantamweight, you had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he beat Shinsuke uh, Yamanaka. That was out in Japan. 
but he actually failed to make weight. So he wasn't ever, <laughs> yeah, Luis Neri was never a champion um, at this um, weight class, you know, sadly for, for, for the Bantamweight division. So uh, yeah, like, I mean, I just don't know what Neri's been doing. Like he's been pretty much uh, not being disciplined at 118. So I just don't know what's going to happen for him at 122. Um, I think 122 would be a lot better if he actually started, like, maybe fighting, you know, guys by the likes of... See, now, I think I think what's going to end up happening, like, this is just, like, my little spitball prediction, but I think what will end up happening with L- Luis Neri is that um, he's going to end up facing... Um, uh, who um, he's gonna face, uh, Raiz Talim. And if him and Raiz Talim, if they fight next, then I think the winner is gonna face Stefan Fulton. Because if you really think about it, um, I'm not too sure how big in rankings, uh, Nary's in by the WBC, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, he I'm, I'm pretty sure he's ranked pretty high. But if Raiz Talim, if he could beat Luis Nary, which that's a very difficult opponent because, you know, he's a very deadly southpaw. He has a lot of power. You know, he still carries power at 122 as he did at Bantamweight. But <clears throat> I think I think where things are at right now, um, you know, it's going to be very um, interesting. But as far as what I heard with this fight, um, he actually fought at 130 against uh, Carmona. So... Now it's making me wonder, like, is he going to campaign at super featherweight or super bantamweight? Because I don't know what else Nary is going to be doing. But if he's going to go back down to 122, which I don't think that's the right move for him, knowing that you just boosted yourself back up to 130 or you just boost it up to 130. Um, I think the best, uh, you know, the, the best route for him could be maybe featherweight or Maybe super featherweight. Who knows? But um, yeah, there really wasn't that much to really talk about for boxing. I mean, I don't really have that much else to really say. But I guess if you guys want to, you know, hear my take on, you know, the Frank Martin Keyshawn Davis situation, um, there was some interesting uh, back and forth between Frank Martin and Keyshawn Davis. And now, um. You know, like I've been hearing that uh, Frank Martin, he's been beefing with uh, Keyshawn Davis and, um, you know, Keyshawn Davis saying like, you know, he's going to he's going to step over, uh, you know, Frank Martin and the rest of the lightweight division, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he Keyshawn Davis, you know, he's a he's a good fighter. But the problem with him is that when you look at the state of his skill set. This is a guy that's saying that, oh, I can't fight, you know, guys that, that have the same amount of wins as I do because I'm 6-0 and type of guy. But did anybody give that same energy for Lomachenko where Lomachenko, when he was going for world titles early in his career, people were saying, oh, wait a minute, why is he doing that? He's only, like, right? So... Like, like honestly, the double standard for Keyshawn Davis makes no sense because 
you know, it, it seems to me that top rank, they're going to try to build them up like a, like a Terrence Crawford in the making, which I could easily see it coming. But with Keyshawn Davis's progression as a fighter, there's really nobody at the lightweight division he should not be fighting right now. Like, he should be fighting guys like Pitbull Cruz. He should be fighting Jose Valenzuela. Like, now that Valenzuela, he got knocked out or starched by Edwin De Los Santos, you should go after him or go after Edwin De Los Santos. Like, I mean, the lightweight division is completely stacked with immense talent. But now it's making me wonder, like, what's going to end up happening? Because what's going to end up happening is that, um, you like, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot of maybe ducking at the top rank, you know, stable level, especially between lightweights, because I don't think there's that many lightweights at top rank that Keyshawn can be fed to. Otherwise, you know, they're just going to be picking up nobodies, you know, from the streets just to say, hey, you know, you like, do you want to fight Keyshawn Davis, get knocked out, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, I don't, I don't believe Keyshawn Davis fighting good opposition until we like actually see it. So uh, looking at the state of the lightweight division, um, you know, you got Frank Martin, uh, you got, oh, uh, um, you got that other guy. You got um, Giovanni Cabrera, which I think that's just going to probably be the, the next fight for Keyshawn Davis. Because if he fights uh, Giovanni Cabrera, um, that'll be good. Oh, and I see my brother Combat Toolback. He's trying to hop in. Hold on. Let me tell him it's not working for you. Still hopping. Me, as I want me to call you, maybe. Yeah, um, I just uh, messaged you, Combat, but if you are listening in, uh, just figured I'd tell you that just to give you the heads up. Um, but yeah, let me um uh yeah, let me see if I could just call you. Yeah, like I could just call you cuz that would be like a lot better. But let me play some background music for you guys. I'm going to play some Tekken. Yeah, but basically with everything that's going on with, you know, the lightweight division, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know what will be the, you know, end-all, be-all with everything. But I think what's going to end up happening is that, you know, the lightweight division, you know, it's going to, you know, like, it's definitely going to heat up. Um, yeah, Combat says it's doing the same. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, hold on. Yeah, let me just call you. I'm gonna call you. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'll just call combat. 
Yo, bro. Yo, what's up, man? Um, nothing much, nothing much. Sorry about that. I don't know why it's doing that with this phone. I maybe it's specifically this phone actually. Let me try to um connect to, to the other through the link, but through my other device. I don't know why it does that though. Yeah, I think to... it's um, I think it could be a browser thing, or or it it could be just like the device itself. Yeah, it's weird because I'm usually able to jump on people's lives. Like I don't know why it does that specifically when I try to jump on yours. But I'm gonna see if um if it's this device specifically or if it's me, just just my end in general. Yeah. Um, what what did I miss so far? Oh uh, no, like I was just talking about um. You know about the whole fiasco with uh, Keyshawn Davis and Frank Martin. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. What's your take on that? Man, I just want to see Keyshawn Davis get beat up. That's all. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same, the same place. I, 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 I want, I want that matchup. Um, I think it's a tough match for Frank, but I do see Frank walking all over him. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, I think um, Frank Martin, he's just, like, he's more dangerous in skill level compared yeah, to Keyshawn. Yeah, he's better. Um, he, he's the overall better artist, I think. Like, yeah, most definitely. Um, I think I think the biggest takeaway from it is that Keyshawn, he's trying to act like he can beat everybody because, you know, he, like, you know, he just basically, like, uh, you know, like, um, he basically emulates off of Shakur Stevenson, so yeah, yeah. He thinks he's like the ultimate badass because you know he's beating up guys that got these quote-unquote you know winning records. But you know when you look at their resumes, you know they haven't done anything yet in their careers. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, and it's so much to say. Like you popping all of this shit, you bullying everybody. You're that dude. Nobody can fuck with you. Just just wait. But then in the same breath, I'm only six and zero and. I can't fight contenders now because who would I fight when I'm 20 and up? So he just has a bunch of nonsense that he's saying. Give me uh, one second. I'm going to go on mute and let, and let you cope real quick. I got to bust this move real quick. Okay. But yeah, I'm still here, though. I'm still here. Okay, got it. Um, but yeah, uh, continuing on with that, um, you know, there's just like a lot of, uh, you know, questions of like what's going to happen at lightweight. Um I'm not. I'm not too sure of who's really gonna end up fighting each other, but um, from what I'm hearing through several reports, uh, obviously non-mainstream media, but I believe Ryan and Javante Tank Davis should be set for January, but I don't think that's going to be finalized until we get a you know an official announcement. But um. I'm definitely looking forward for that fight. Um, I already made like my breakdown of it. Um, if anybody wants to check that out, but um, if can this... you repeat your? I'm sorry, I ain't, I ain't trying to mess up the live. I just missed what you just said last. So I had to step out. Yeah, but I'm mean, I'm curious to what you said though, regardless. <laughs> um, yeah, like I was just uh, saying that I heard from multiple sources, uh, you know, within the YouTube boxing community that we follow, that um. You know, Ryan Garcia and Javante Tank Davis could be finalized for January 7th. Man, I, I'm so, like, I, I, I would love if that's true. But my issue is, like, 
I hate to go on a quick, a quick tangent, but it's like Tank has proven to us he's actually the part. Like I know that's not politically that's not politically true. I don't know anyone. So that's what Tank is. Like when I look at Tank, I'm like, Tank said him and Ryan at the end of this year, Ryan ended up Tank at the end of this year. Ryan was disappointed for this year. Like, why can't Tank just be transparent? Like, why is he getting all vegan? But then you got um, Tank who makes a post saying uh, he sent us something. Tank wrote me. Tank posted that on his own account. So for us to be talking about Ryan and Tank after Ryan just, I mean, after Tank just hemmed up Ryan, and Tank has this court date. It's like I know uh, January is a is a revamped date because of the court case, but it's like Tank isn't even committed to Ryan versus Tank yet because we the last post I seen from Tank um, besides the him disputing Mayweather, pro, you know Mayweather promotions was that it was him versus Rolly too. So I'm just like, I don't know what you expect. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bullet said something similar too. He's not sure Ryan wants to fight because it may be him. Uh, I mean, it, it may be Rolly again, or it may be uh, Isak Cruz. So I'm just like, I would like to see Ryan versus Tank because I want one of them knock the fuck out. I'm tired of the gimmicks. I'm tired of the model games. I'm tired of the... Mayweather games. I just want both parties to like either jump into the lane of real boxing or that corny carnival uh, ship to crash and burn. One of the two. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 my take on that. So. Yeah, I don't. And, and I'm more pessimistic about those guys. Those guys just they like it's not that they stuck in the ring. It's their character. Their personality, their um, the like when when you try to gauge their um, I don't know their 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 merit as men, like all of that it, it, it has major flaws. Like when 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 you look at them, you see two grown ass men who behave like little girls, and it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I never really looked so deep into that vision, but now, now that all the marbles have been exposed, uh, it it definitely seems like uh, Gervonta and Gervonta and Ryan are starting to look like, you know, feminine weirdos. Yes, absolutely. And then on top of that, it's like we we've seen um, Ryan Garcia do this game where. So use a, a black fighter to sell his fight. And then same with Tank. Tank, like, we'll, we can speak as Tank as if he's a white boy because Tank uses black fighters to sell his fight. Devin Haney, um, well, now Ryan Garcia, but it, but, but neither fights any of the fighters they say they're going to fight. So Ryan went from calling out Devin to the point where Devin shut him up, and now he's only talking about Tank. And Tank did the same thing where he was calling out uh, uh, Devin and he, he never really said much about support besides probably some cute shit like they don't want to smoke or anything on this block. But when when Devin is free, they decide to hug each other.
And that's like their way of selling their fights whenever they're not fighting each other. And I and, and I know we're getting to the point where they really, really will fight each other, but we can't overlook all of the propaganda they do. I mean, they've done based off of each other's name up to this point. So it's like it makes it hard to commit and be like, well, they say Ryan in uh, Tank January, but been Ryan and Tank since they were in the lightweight division. I mean, let's be real. Tank was was basically a lightweight since he was a featherweight. You feel me? Like, he was never married to one division. And Ryan was always at this big class, as far as we know. You know, so I just, I said all that to say that neither one of these guys have have committed to any of the names that they said they were going to fight. It's always been, uh, I'm going to fight this guy, uh, Romero Juno pops out of here, or um, Luke Campbell pops out of here, or Tank, I'm going to fight this guy, and then uh, uh, some crews pops out of somewhere, and, and I'm not talking about Esau, but the other one. And, and, you know, all these other names come out of, out of the world. So it's like, over those guys that unless they're fighting actual names and actual names that can contend with them, not because Hank White and Ryan is a party show and, and, and a clown and a side show and Ryan White fighting Tank is the exact same. Granted, it's the most difficult fighter Ryan would have fought, but they're both not champions. They're both not ranked like top 12. I mean, well, Tank is ranked highly. But Ryan is not. Like it does nothing to them guys in in live position. It does nothing to me with the division forward. With the fighting, all it does is keep them both A relevant and B um and with what whatever current standing they're at in the lightweight division. But it doesn't move them up in, in any rankings. It doesn't move them up in any pound for pound list. You know, it doesn't do anything really. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I don't think it's worth anybody's time. And uh, you know, I I just mainly see it just to be like a, a publicity stunt fight. You know, it's just you know, tank. You know, tank is either gonna wash Ryan or it's gonna be like one of those fights where Javante, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't fully commit himself do the fight he's just gonna expect himself to win so if it really ends up being like a rolly fight where it basically goes past like four rounds and tank hasn't knocked out ryan garcia yet it's like you know that's pretty much all you know that i need to know you know like about him that like to me personally i just feel like javante he's not he's not getting better in skill set you know like like you know i like you know i can personally see that from a boxing perspective because you know i like you know um um, i study everything that tank does you know every single time he fights and Mm -hmm. from all three fights that we can examine from you know you know ever since the mario barrios fight leading up to now you know to me you know gervante looks like he's getting touched up more and he's not You know, he's not sharpening his tools with, like, you know, deadly competition. And I'm, like, afraid of seeing that being done to him because, you know, imagine if that was, like, Frank Martin or somebody, like, out of, 
Yeah, like somebody somebody of deadly caliber that's not afraid to actually hurt you. Like to me from a southpaw Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a southpaw perspective, you know, I don't want that happening to Gervonta where he runs into some guy that's deadly and very hungry. You know, especially like a guy like, you know, Edwin De Los Santos or, you know, like you know, any of those guys. Oh, like yeah, Gervonta yeah, Gervonta he needs to, like, you know, he needs to start fighting more southpaws, because... And he, more difficult competition, because just yeah. like you said, Frank Martin, him playing Frank Martin, they fought before, and someone like Joe said, that was paper work. If I could have paid for that, I would have paid for that. Yeah. That was when Frank Martin wasn't nobody. That was when Frank Martin wasn't with me. You know... Frank Martin is like EJ on skates, right? He, he, he's like EJ, but with a little better footwork and maybe less pop in the punches. But I'm, I'm looking at it as like I see, I seen Frank Martin improve from when he was with um, the the Mayweather team to now. I see a change. Now, referencing what you just said about Tank, Tank, even just on base off of those last three fights, what do we see? Tank gets touched up for quite a few rounds until he brings himself into the fight and gets a big touch. So it's like he's, all of his fights are starting to look the same. It's not to take anything away from his skill set. It's just saying, is he, is he improving? And that I do not see. So yeah, that's my that, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, because honestly, like the way he fought against Roley, like imagine that version against Frank Martin or... Edwin De Los Santos, like, I feel like that's like a death waiting to happen because, you know, Gervonta, Gervonta has, has shown not to be touched up too much when he's at his full best, but when he's, like, not fully committed coming into a fight, it, you know, it, it kind of worries me because it makes me feel like he's not really, like, fully focused in because he's not looking at these opponents as major threats in which he's been selecting them to not be threats, but... right. When you look at the, and that's my point. Yeah. When you say he's, he, there was a time where basically he wasn't really getting. I mean, when he's at his best, he's not really getting touched up like that. My problem, is he's fighting that guy. Because if he was fighting a phantom weight who was brought up to weight classes, obviously not going to get touched because who has the superior weight in, in that scenario? The person who's more not to last the weight. Not the person who's putting on another eight pounds. So Tank, to to put it simply, Tank, he's basically been getting touched up by everyone who's close to this level that that he's fought. Be it Gamboa, be it um, uh, uh, Leo Santa Cruz, be it Roly Romero, be it um, uh, what's the kid's name? I I, I want for Barrios. Barrios, like they all were touching him. You know, Barrios caught him with with a uh, paint two three and 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 uh paint bounced off the ropes and started to do a shimmy side to side to show the audience. It's like every time I see him fight a name that was actually somewhat of a name, he got touched. And it wasn't like he got hurt or or like hurt badly, but he was getting touched. Like when Leo was was was. When he was fighting Leo, he was losing the fight. They're like, whoa, Leo's landing, Leo's landing, Leo's backing him up, Leo's this, Leo's that. And and I hate to go against any, any of the family, but 
can't even say that he was winning the world fight of like bullshit. And it's like, how is no, winning you... a fight not throwing punches? Yeah. Like, like you can't uh... win a fight not throwing punches. Just moving on the back foot does not mean <laughs> you're winning. Yes, he's setting him up. Just using lateral movement doesn't mean you're losing. But if the motherfucker is landing on you and you're not landing, you are losing. Yeah. That definition, you know? <laughs> no, so, like, I was. I was just about to add on top of that. Uh, if you look at from rounds two through five, Roly was touching up Tank a lot. And I was really Roly. worried because, you know, if you look at the reaction that people had on Tank getting, you know, somewhat buzzed by Roly's right hands, everybody was, like, super shocked. And Gervonta, like, he was... He was tagging Roly, but Roly wasn't feeling those shots because Gervonta, like, he didn't have his legs, you know, position. And, right. you know, his legs looked like that they were about to give out because Roly was actually pressuring him. And, Fact. you know, this is like my biggest issue with Tank. Like, you know, imagine if you have somebody that knows how to box with that pressure that's bigger than you. How are you? Damn. How are Yeah. How like how are you going you know, to counter that type of style because I've never seen Gervonta fight like that. I've never seen him fight off of his back foot, you know, whenever, you know, he's trying to load up, you know, on a big shot. He always comes forward. He like like he never comes backwards. He 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 always fights forward because he like like either one, he doesn't respect you enough, you know, with your power and two, he already has his feet positioned to the point where like, you know, he already knows how to set those shots up to actually hurt you. So, you know, the fact that he started fighting off of his back foot against Roly just made me think that either one, when you meet somebody with power that knows how to use pressure, you don't fight the same way as you did. Because even with Pitbull, like Isaac Cruz, he was like, you know, there was time uh, there was times um in that fight where Gervonta, he got touched with some really heavy loaded shots and it looked like he was a, like you know he was about to get knocked down so, so that's a great assessment and that and actually it's crazy to hear that like when you look at the damage done to like all we did did a whole lot of shots so when moving did land the shot on him he saw it and then when he hurt him he saw him hurt him thank you and said oh yeah that's a power with something it's that big red star that he had on his head after rolling track. And then when you look at the shot that you were talking about that wasn't where it was his straight shots. When we see um tank not people out, typically with a hook shot, either an overhead or an uppercut or a hook of some type. His straight shot didn't his um cross wasn't doing nothing to Roly for real. Just like when he knocked Roly out, it was a six or an overhand left. It wasn't a straight left. People just say straight left because that's the easiest thing to say. But yes, it was a left hand, but it was a losing overhand left hand. And that's where he generates a lot of his power similar to Roy Jones. And even myself, like I've passed in straight shots, but my power is more so in the rotation of my hooker shot, similar to things. But it's like, Unless you're gonna actually, you because when you turn things, you hear that a very strong thing that is not they always use guys in the past. Yes, he did that to me, but in most of these other cases, he's coming forward. 
but that, that's the point. No, he had a pressure fighter, but he was on the front foot getting the knockout. Front foot getting the knockout against Leo. Front foot getting the knockout against um, uh, Gamboa. Front foot getting the knockout against um, all of the guys I can think of. But I like to see him baiting people in more so, uh, like like baiting Goldie in more so because it required him to get hit less, but he was still getting hit in the process. So there's a duality with it. Like three of them gonna balance. Um, not not you're gonna balance. Like there's there's a duality. You're if you're gonna move backwards, master how you're moving backwards. Bar that way, practice that way, so that in the fight you're you're you're, you're not just getting backed up until you return fire because that's not controlling uh, range and distance getting backed up. Now, if you're using lateral movement and, and moving backwards to create angles to set something up, that's one thing. But if you're getting hit in the process, that that can't be what it's called. Because from if, if I'm looking at the other fighter, this other fighter is effectively backing you up. He's walking you down by definition, right? So, I, I don't know what, like, besides not seeing Tank and Ryan at all, like, unless they're going to fight Shakur and Devin and um, Frank Martin, Nikhil, Vieira, um, unless they're fighting top lightweights, I don't really care to see them, like, at all. Not see them speak, not see them on Twitter, not see them on Instagram. Yeah, I'm sure not see them in the ring because if I have to see Ryan Garcia fight another person that Golden Boy is introducing for the world, then like it's just put it put, put, put him all in the coffin with his career because clearly he, he hasn't and never will fight anybody. Like clearly the Lenares fight and the Jojo Diaz fight fights that can be made in house still haven't been made. Why? Because his superiors do not believe he's a good fighter. And if we go over to TMC side, we're not doing anything outside of uh, TMC. Why? Because we don't want to risk quit essentially selling all of this momentum we build with him to whoever can beat him. So if Devin is the guy to beat him, then why do we do all of this building up to him? To me, it's just like a big ass investment in a side show or a big ass investment in a commercial that we never wanted to do. Like, you can fast forward, we will record and skip the commercial I do so. It's just, I care about real guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, how's everything with your, uh, like, you know, like your boxing going? You know, got any updates with the fight? Um, Cardo right now is uh, looking, we, we were committed for a date, um, which was October 21st, and um, as soon as we agreed to the terms, they went silent on their end, and they didn't send a contract, so we're assuming that that's a dead opportunity that October 21st, but that's not the only promoter throwing anything in October, so right now, um, on my end, as a fighter, I'm getting over the torn, I mean, the uh, inflamed rotator cuff, a um, couple other little health things, but I'm training, I'm sparring uh, hard, actually, um, like really hard. And uh, we're just waiting on what's next. I'm 
looking at the MMA stuff. MMA is what I really want to kind of specialize in right now with just going along with whatever uh, OG can find. You know, if he can find boxing, then we're going boxing. If he can find MMA, then we're going MMA. But um, just so the people are, are clear, like, um, probably after this fight, that it'll, it'll probably be my last boxing match and I'll be 100% focused on what I feel like I can make the whole LDBC and all of you guys, my family, my, my supporters proud of, and that's being a, a mixed Muslim artist, you know. Um, but right now, I just, uh, we're, we're, we're open to offers. That's the best way to put that. We're open to offers, we're, we're ready. So if there's anyone out there who has a card or they're looking for someone who's 0-1, we're um, entertaining any uh, anything right now. It's just, um, we're looking for a next opportunity. Nice. Keep me updated because I want to see you, you like you know on a big card, man. Like shit, I want to see you on the PBC, you know, whoever. I don't care. Oh man, yes sir, yes sir. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely need to be, and and also you you know it's more than just a fighter in the ring. There's always um, his team, his family. That's 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 a part of it all as well. So if if I'm on PBC. As a hypothetical, we, we we need you in the media in in the building. So there's always a, a um, gonna gonna be two sides to, to, to every story, um, the family side and then the actual fighter side. So I I agree. I'm I'm hungry as hungry as maybe if not more hungry than uh, you guys want are to, to see me back in there and to see these improvements. But I'm fucking eager to. To like earth like this thing, like my uh, my my four partners, the ones I've been working with, a few of them, two of them are uh, national champions, working in public to level. One of them uh, is is in transition to become pro now, and he's bringing down his weight. He's one of the bigger guys I've Oh, nice. Yeah, so like yeah, earth. I'm I'm getting work on the weaknesses, like the glaring weaknesses I had even before the fight. So I'm not trying to hype anything up, but you guys will see a new improved Michael Angelo coming in. So, 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 yeah, because, so, like, I can, I could, like, you know, I can easily see you develop very fast into being like a very good fighter um i just think it's just like a matter of just getting better that's all so yes yeah i appreciate that man that definitely means a lot yeah man anytime man like i want to see you knock out joshua lebron in a rematch man i want that rematch so bad i'm not gonna lie to you i just want to make sure that i i don't even want to make sure nothing i want i want the rematch i just I didn't want to go back at it right away, um, only because I didn't want him to go in with an over overly confident, and I didn't want to go in um, overestimating my ability. I want to go in with actual adjustments made, with improvements made, because I, I feel I still feel even just going in, I could have beat that guy if I was settled and I boxed. Now yeah. I want to like guarantee when I have the rematch I'm knocking them the fuck out it's not no 
if fans or buts about it. You feel me? So that's why I'm like, I don't, I want that rematch, but I want to go into that rematch guaranteeing a victory for the family. Because I feel like that was a big setback. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really, you know, sold to me on, on his performance either. But, you know, I, I can easily tell, like, if I was fighting him, I already, you know, I already know inside, like, my head how to beat him. You know, you, like, you just got to break his body down. He's wide open yeah. for that body. That's a good point. Yeah. Because he definitely had his, his hands high. His hands yeah, he had his foot. Like, I'm not too sure, like, if you can agree, but, like, when I was watching your fight with him, like, it, like, it kind of looked like he, he tried to put his foot over your foot to try to trip you while he was punching him. He's good at, um, I will say he, he's good at, uh, getting into the ring. So, at the time, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell. I was able to feel that I bit harder when some points that allowed him to come in. Um, but he was, he was good at getting in range and getting underneath, underneath me. Um, like, like getting that, that leverage from underneath. So I think, like, I wasn't full focusing on his foot placement as much as I was focused on the shot that I did and get caught with. And then when watching him, I was thinking, okay, so he has decent things. And um, and he fought off this defense first. So he literally went in there with like a similar game plan that I went in with. And now I'm curious to see what's behind that. You feel me? Because if we would have both came in fighting off of our defense, meaning I'm baiting you to throw your jab and you're baiting me to throw your jab and we're moving, then I would have had to see more of his boxing ability out range. So I think he's naturally more comfortable on the inside, but not more comfortable than I am on the inside. It's just, I, I think that's his uh, wheelhouse in, in in his mind. But um, but, but I, I'm, I'm not certain about, I'm not certain about the foot placement. I do know like when fighting the southpaw, that was odd for me because I'm so used to uh, the battle of the the lead side, the right hand versus an orthodox person's left hand, and then the battle with the uh, feet, my foot getting on the outside of his. But I think maybe not even him trying to step on, but just him trying to keep his foot in the proper uh, alignment so that he has a. a the maximum torque on 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 rotation, and I and that's one thing that I don't think I even paid attention to myth like in the fight, which is probably why I don't have a real answer for that after. Yeah, because I'm I, because I, I wasn't like everything was so bad with my feet and with my performance that I couldn't even tell if he was intentionally trying to, you know, step on my foot or 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 beat me at the feet. But I did see that, okay, he, he seen I came out aggressive, so he, he got tight. I was his first adjustment. And then um, he tried to, initially, the first few seconds, he tried to trade with me, and he said, no, nah, I'm a counter him. And that's what he did. So it was like, I seen those two adjustments, but I was so angry that I, I wasn't even able to live in the moment. I was literally just trying to fight him like a, like a hood nigga. 
Trying to come in with like a football type of fight himself. Yeah, football. Literally. Football. <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean Porter Payton looking at it. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Payton. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I saw this one PBC fight um, some weird ass fucking like I don't even know like what fight it was but it was like during like COVID but basically both of these guys like hit each other at the same time and they, and they kind of stumbled but then they like went back at it and then they just started like you know blooding you know each other's faces up and they had like this football type of style coming in like <laughs> like, dude, they were. Oh my god, it was rock'em sock'em robots, but it was such a fun ass fight until one of them got knocked out. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. And it's like you know what's, what's funny is part of it, like when 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 you're about like uh, how Oscar Valdez would 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 say, give him my my fans what they want. Part of that is kind of committing to ignorance, right? Because you're like, look, they want a knockout and, and, and achieving the knockout, not chasing it, but in achieving the knockout, it comes with some risk taking and some trading and some exchanging. And if that's not your style, then you're conceding to a battle of, of ignorance. Now, me, as much as like I want to please the fans, I want to make people happy. I want to, like, deliver what the, like, what Deontay Wilder delivers. Like, I'm not a rock'em, sock'em, robot guy. Now, granted, I love to fight on the inside. I love to work the body, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a boxer. In my head, like, I've always had a conflict with that. Like, there was always an internal conflict. Like, am I going to box or am I going to bang? And it always was, okay, I'm just going to bang. I'm just going to bang. Because not that I couldn't box, but the fact that banging always easily worked. But that's not going to always work, right? And neither boxing boxing always going to work. Because if you look at Inner um, versus Hearns, uh, uh, like, there was a point where he had to sit down and say, like, I'm going to put you out of there. Now, but Leonard Fox is way too low as a villain. I mean, too many moments. And that is what I have to do. I have to box my way to these moments so that I'm not in that match that you just described. Because all of my sparring sessions before I leave close, um, all of my amateur fights before I, I, I got to this point was all rock'em, sock'em, robot, and go to the body, go crazy, Mike Tyson, trade, trade him. You feel me? And it's like, that's not, there's no longevity in that. There's no, um, there's no IQ in that. Like, no one can say you have a high boxing IQ if you're just running out there and getting, and hitting back. Like, a Texas shoot style is a stylistic thing, like, um, that Esau Cruz has. But it doesn't mean that Esau Cruz isn't. I hate being Esau Cruz. That's not something that's Cruz is like a hard puncher. That's what he does. It's 
you feel me? Like they, they perceive what Isaac Cruz is doing is not boxing. Isaac Cruz is boxing. He's just power boxing. And yeah, I feel it's like inside pressure fighting. Yes, yes. And and stylistically, I, I would consider myself like maybe like well, I'm definitely a boxer puncher, but I would say more so like how a tank fight. Like if I well, I can't even say that because tank. Like if, if Tank was predominantly on his back foot, or simply backwards, forwards, I would think the crowd that is not fun. And when we debate to it, out of you and then move. But yeah. I have power so that I can bait you in, counter you and end it, as opposed to just counter you and move. But I just I'm, I'm still working on finding my identity as a fighter and also mastering it. Yeah, for me, like I, well, you know, I'm more, I'm more of like a boxer puncher. Like, you know, I can, I could feel my shots when I'm actually hitting something, and it feels like bullets every time I'm like hitting on, hitting on the bag. But, you know, I don't, I don't ever look for heavy ass shots. Like I, like I actually like to be a sharpshooter, you know, type of boxer puncher right. fighter. And, right. um, you know, that's why that I love Errol Spence so much because. You know, I basically emulate off of his style, and I mix that style with like Ronald Winky Wright and Tarver, and you know Marvin Hagler in that regard because like I just yeah we saw the light <laughs> yeah yeah we like, saw the I like I like I like being I like being a, a defensive you know Terminator type of fighter you know what I'm saying like I like I like looking at the art of being defensively sound, and then when I hit you. You know, it's basically game over. Like, you know, that's just how I like yes. to operate. We're speaking the same way. It's literally like, except you're more. We're, we're the same thing. But yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, uh, I like, uh, um, but no, like literally, I'm the same attitude. Like, I, I do something like Marvin Hagler is my guy. I mean, I literally just was watching uh, Emerson stop playing last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's not rare. It's like, that's my usual. Marvin Hagler and Tootie is who I'm on a daily basis. You know, like, that's just regular. But I'm trying to incorporate a little more defensive ability, like, uh, like, and like, uh, Tony, like, Tony, and Tony is a good way of describing the style that we is Tony is a pocket fighter. He will be inside the pocket. He is a he is a boxer, but he is a puncher. He is lights out for a reason. So he'll make you miss and literally make you pay by getting you up out of there. And just like you were saying, when he connects, he's connecting with the with the velocity of a bullet if if you will, you know? But that's coming off of being so defensively responsible that out of position from slipping or rolling or catching. So yeah, I, I I like how you described yourself on the bag. It was just a lot more well put than the way I described myself. And again, it was in response to you said you've seen that fight of of Rocky Stockham robots and I think down in all fighters aren't like you wanna have a it doesn't mean you wanna cut off your arm so that he can cut off his arm, but you want to see that, like, it's a gladiator sport, so you want to have that war, you want to put on a show at the Coliseum, but you want to be as smart as possible as well, 
you know, and I think um, uh, being meticulous about um, about three-dimensional boxing, and that's distance, leverage, and timing, and the, and the mastering of, of all three, and also the, the um, fighting defense to offense and offense to defense, the, the, um, the cohesion of, of, of the subtle space in between is what matters most. That shit has to constantly be uh, happening literally shifting from offense, shifting the defense, or else it'll be, like you said, that fight you've seen before, that Rocky Stockholm robot, because someone is going to concede to, okay, I'm going to stand here, and I'm trying to fire back until you can't take anymore. And and there's so much more to boxing than that. There's so much more. And I think that's why we, we as our boxing IQ raises, find um, such scenarios like that to last yeah like i'm i'm like i'm just that type of person where you know i just look at boxing like a ring of fire sport you know you know anything you do is like a cost of something that could you know basically damage you so i i i I look at it like you know i look at it as a you know as a um as a necessity to make every decision making count so therefore you can be as uh, you know, like you know, uh, meticulously, um, you know, intelligent as possible. So, I mean, that's just how yeah. I am. You know, you know, like I just enjoy the three science a lot. Yeah, I do as well. Who? Um. So wait, did, did Luis Neary fight yesterday? Yeah, he did. Also, um, Atifo Barrelton. Um, he fought. Um, um, he fought yesterday down in Philadelphia. He um, he knocked out that that Christian Thomas guy. So, um, he's like that other black dude that was undefeated, but you know he knocked him out. Gotcha. I'm glad to hear about the um, a team like I, I, I'm, I'm learning about the guy, and he seems to be really good with the shit. He's a little funny as hell, but he seemed to really be with the shit. <laughs> I seen him for the first hey, time. I'm like, be, that's don't dude? Be, <laughs> hey, don't be, don't be saying that. Maybe like you know, maybe some of his people could be could be hearing me. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, yeah, they, they 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 might be on me like that too. They be like, wait, be like, yo, K Rod, don't be don't be don't be talking, don't be talking, you know, behind you know behind like our backs. <laughs> no, it's not K Rod. It's it's it's, it's combat. It's, it's Michael Angelo doing it. Go like, after. Like, I'm going. I don't want no smoke with nobody unless you want the team. I want all of the smoke. I don't give a fuck which record is. But um, but no, like he he seems to really be with the shit. Because as far as what I heard, like I heard about him. Like, I heard I can't do this shit. And his next fight is knocking somebody out. And um, he won or he lost. Uh, he won. He knocked out his opponent. Yes, good. I like to hear that about Pantera. El, El Panther or El Pan- Pantera? Um, um, yeah, his nickname is El Pantera. El Pantera. Pantera. Okay. Yeah, okay, Pantera. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. He he's solid. I like I like him. He's fast. He's strong. He reminds me of Lenares, but young and with heavier hooks than Lenore. Yeah, but yeah. But he has that Lenore's retarded speed, like that lightning speed, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um, 
The only thing I just don't like about him is that he he likes to stand aside of the pocket, you know, on certain yes. exchanges. So I would say move and your feet Lenora's around. You. Yeah. That's why I would lead him to to, to Lenora's because Lenora's like literally put up him and still can like one of the best lightweights out there. Wait, is he one forty now? Who? No. Yeah, Lenaris, he campaigns at lightweight. Yeah, he can be one of the best lightweight lightweights out there if he doesn't stay in the pocket. If he doesn't stand in the pocket with him and just stay with him because yeah. he has so much faith in his speed and, and, and his accuracy. Now, granted, he's one of lightweight. Yeah. Hang your hat on, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he lacks. Yeah, he um um he's always going back to old habits that gets him clipped and knocked out. Or I'm doing Hey yo combat, look, I don't think I can hear you, man. You, you you can't hear me? Um, I can hear you now, but um, you were just you know chopping back and forth or chopping out. Oh, sorry, sorry. I I was saying it, it's always a, a a pattern where he's he's either winning or he's hurting the guy, and then he gets hurt, and then the whole fight changes and he loses. You know, and I'm always like I've always been surprised by that because I'm like, Lenares is literally a, a great boxer. He's perfect at what he does. And then when you actually look at what his flaws are, which is like a major contradiction to the phrase I just said, because I just said perfect. But <laughs> if you look at him on his offense, he is perfect. But then it's the return fire. It's when he shifts between offense to defense. When, when he's going off of his offense into his defense, he's not as elusive. He'll stand there to try to catch it and kind of slip maybe one or two or backstep one or two and then give up on the backstep. It's like keep backstepping until you remain out of range or keep catching and rolling until they stop firing or fire back. You can't just only counter as your source of defense. You feel me? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think that's what the, you know, that's what a lot of fighters have a lot of flaws in doing. They're, you know, they fall in love with it getting into that high level, you know, rock 'em sock 'em, you know, pocket fighting. And I think that's just a detriment to get hurt. Because um Yes. To, to me at least, you know, when I feel it in sparring, you know, back you know, back when I did start boxing, like, you know, back in like what, twenty nineteen? But basically, you know, I can I can understand why a lot of coaches say work on defense because you know, that defense really does help you a long way because, you know, once you start figuring out those shots and then you start, you know, making the opponent miss and then you start being defensively technical, you know, it's basically yes. like a bad style matchup because it's like, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you already know Their how to figure out the opponent. Sorry. No, no, no. I, um, I was just going to finalize my statement to say um, um, you already know how to figure out your opponent and you have more exactly. leverage. So, you know, that's why that I like this, you know, defensively sound fighters. 
yes, because once, like, I'm, I'm learning it myself. I mean, focusing on it, drilling it as hard as I am now to the point where it's getting nauseating and, 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 and annoying as fuck. But it's like the shots start to become predictable. You be, become naturally more elusive and more unpredictable. So it, it, it literally is everything that, that your offense is not. You know, literally everything that your offense is not. It's not just slipping, but the balance that you have, the spacing in between your feet, that's all literally defense. Because if we're talking about fundamentals, but it plays into your defense. Because if I'm slipping too deep to the uh, right or left, if my balance isn't right, that's a hole in my defense, right? If I'm shifting, uh, I'm, I'm shuffling to the left to try to get out of range because you're throwing straight shot. If my heels are clicking together, that's a flaw in my defense. You know, my my there there has to be a certain gate in between my my legs so that if you do land, my I don't just collapse and, and fall over. That I can uh, squat down and have a, 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 a solid base. So there's so so much that I'm learning in the slight just the nuances of shifting between offense and defense. Not that I'm learning a whole bunch new about defense, or I'm, I'm I'm learning a whole bunch new about a whole bunch more about offense. It's just the the shifting in between and the subtleties of like and and the nuances that the little things play and how big a nuance can be a determining factor in winning or losing a fight. Just rolling with a shot can determine whether a person hurts you or not just just knowing how to roll right not and, and not rolling under but literally rolling with the shot can determine whether or not that shot shut your your brain off or the fight continues on right yeah so there's so there's so much that i'm like i mean if 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 if, if, we, if we were to talk about the subtleties of boxing we'll be rambling about it but question what is coming up this weekend? Because I know that there's fights this weekend, and I haven't looked at my schedule because I have a boxing schedule, but I haven't written down. I, I mean, I haven't looked at what I've written down. Uh, for this upcoming weekend, we got Sebastian Pandora versus Carlos Alcampo, uh, and then we got Chris Eubank Jr. versus Conor Ben. Which one are you more interested in? Should I watch Conor Ben knock out Chris Eubank? I don't, I don't, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking forward for Pandora and Ocampo. <laughs> Preach, my brother, my <laughs> brother. Yo, it's like, and, and, and why is it that we, we actually fell for the Eddie Hearn horrible, prom, like, promo gig? And it's not that we fell for it, it's just, it's versus, it's Conor Ben and Eubank versus Pandora and Ocampo. Like, I mean, Come on, like Fundora and Ocampo, like Fundora, the big, the biggest, if not the only one we can obviously look at and see as a weight bully in boxing, right? Versus Ocampo, who we haven't seen since his his guts got poured out like like Akira, you know? I mean, like Tetsuo on Akira, you know? Like I'm just. <laughs> So, like, why would anybody give a fuck about that fight? But the only people who care are hardcore Mexicans. So I get it, you know, because that's like their, their guy. So I get that. 
and typically I would be on that side of, okay, let's watch the real boxing for, instead of the spectacle. But if we look at the real boxing in this scenario, we got Chris Eubank Jr. who, who um, Cadillac Red cost uh, Roy Jones the third. <laughs> so we, got, we got Roy Jones the third versus Connor Ben that boy. Like Connor, <laughs> Connor is according to him, Connor been that boy. You know, he been that dude. So like I don't know, like I, I like this fight because of what the competition is. Only because of uh Fondora being the only other thing going on that day. Now, I think the undercard though, uh of Fondora may be way better than this one only because i'm speculating i have no clue this is not fact this is not a statement i'm just assuming that the fundora okapu undercard is going to be better because i don't think you can do much worse than having fundora and okapu uh on the car unless you literally put like joey dueco on, on on the undercard versus like the guy who got out of the ring with F.A. Chakba. Oh, Curtis. <laughs> like, Curtis, um, Curtis uh, Jackson. Curtis Jackson. Yes. <laughs> like, that's the only way this could be a horrible undercard, you know? But, like, when we look at Eubank Jr., like, the story is the only thing that's selling this fight. And Eddie Hearn was literally like, wait a minute. I have, I have Eubank Jr. and I have, <laughs> and I have uh, uh, you know, Ben's boys. Why not make them a rivalry? It's like that just seemed like the dumbest thing in the world, seeing as they're separated by weight class and two at times because Eubank does compete occasionally. When 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 his weight was not under control, he was competing at 168. Like that 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 is a fact. So like I just I look at Eddie Hearn as a terrible promoter for one because this will be another fighter he he's willing to sacrifice if you if Eubank or Roy Jones Jr. is on his shit, or Roy Jones III is on his shit. Like, if he's really in his dog, like, in, in, in his bag as a dog, and just destroys Connor Ben, then shame on Eddie Hearn, because this this would have been uh, just a re the replay of uh, Kell Brook, right? Versus Triple G. Now, <laughs> if Connor Ben wins... Yeah. Now, if Connor Ben wins, then we got what was supposed to happen with Kell Brook versus Triple G, and and something that we haven't seen on on um, Eddie Hearn's side. Like we we haven't seen Eddie Hearn promoting anyone yet who's just moving up in weight classes and, and making a tear. But Connor Ben, I, he's not going to move up after this, even if he does win. Now, if he did, I, I, I find that to be a better weight class for him than 147. Because I got Virgil Ortiz destroying him. I got uh, Speedy Rashidi Ellis outboxing him. I got Boots knocking him the fuck out. Like, um, we go below those guys. <clears throat> Give Tiger Johnson enough time. Ty Tiger Johnson will, will punch a hole in his head. Um... It, it, it's it's like literally a no-brainer. I think everyone who's anyone at welterweight beats him. Out like that's not Michael Fox. That's not uh shit. I think Ugas beats Connor Ben. Like and and it's yeah, not Michael Fox would. Sorry. I was just gonna say Michael Fox would beat the crap out of Connor Ben. 
I, see, thank you. See, God, like, I, I stand corrected. Michael, it's literally Michael every Fox. box. Shout out, shout out, um, shout out to Michael Fox, but Michael Fox is a bad style matchup for anybody that knows Whoa. that knows that they can't land a power punch on him. And once he takes that away from you and he starts embarrassing you with the jab, it's all over. It's like See, he, I, I made a mistake. I meant to say Jamal James. I didn't mean yeah. to say Michael Fox. Jamal skin, Jamal James. Jamal but Michael James, Fox is better. I yeah. know what you mean. Jamal, James, Jamal James can possibly lose. Yeah, know? he can. He can possibly lose to Connor Ben, and yeah, maybe maybe Abel Ramos. But if Abel Ramos hits Connor Ben, it's over. It's over. I. Ooh, yeah. Abel Ramos definitely. I, how can I overlook Abel Ramos? Abel Ramos is one of those guys who, if Connor Ben isn't a hundred percent and isn't just on him throughout the whole fight. Abel Ramos is going to land something and it's going to hurt that boy. And then he's going to pounce on him. Because even the Abel Ramos in, uh, yeah, Abel Ramos versus Ugas fight. Ugas was winning the fight. He was a little too strong for, for, for Abel Ramos. And then at the very yeah. end, Joe Goose and Lennox Lewis were talking. And he's no. like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Lennox. <laughs> if, if my guy won the fight, I wouldn't have him. Whoa! Oh! Bro, Ugas, in a row. Like, Ugas, <laughs> Ugas almost looked like a Mortal Kombat character, like about to die. <laughs> he Literally. looked like he looked like like he looked like he was about to get brutality on you know on the scene. Like Abel Ramos, Abel Ramos just landed like a Liu Kang fire kick right in his face, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly what happened. He was right there, very. It was like the last ten seconds. And he went in and he caught him and he just was like, his head was hanging in the ropes. That, that, that was the next thing he noticed. Yep. His head was hanging in the ropes. And I'm like, no. And literally, Joe Goose was like, told you, told you, told you. And I'm just like, but this I is why, this is why every welterweight knows that in the welterweight division, you have to have a chin and you have to have power. If you don't have either one of those things combined, then this is why people get knocked out. <laughs> like we're, we're next. we we talked about this last time. That is the makings of what welterweight is. It's literally yeah. These aren't I'd like small guys. Like sorry, like sorry. I was just gonna add on top of that. Like like uh, the welterweight division is not a small division. It's a very gigantic division. Like like. Right. Like um, I look at 140 as like a boot camp division, and the welterweight division is like the death gauntlet division where you see guys that, that have you know you know immense physique, but but you know when you look at how they fight, they you know they look like super soldiers coming into their matches, and you Very know if, like you know if you don't have like a chin and you don't have like a strong power punch to your to your style, then. You know, welterweight division is a very, you know, like, you know, destructive division. That's facts. I mean, we, that's something we were talking about last time. And it was, and, and, and one of the things I was saying before is it's literally probably as small as you can get to have as big of a punch as they have. And then as big as you can get to weigh as much as they do in rehydration. I, I mean, as small as you can get. Yeah. As, as small as you can be. To, to to have as big a punch as they have and probably as big as you can be to weigh as much as they weigh. Now, literally, 
they're not middleweights, but they weigh more and as much as as middleweights fight night, right? Yeah, yeah. And they hit as as hard as middleweights, but they're not even junior middleweights, right? They and and they don't hit even in a resemblance of the 140. Like there's a big power gap in between 140 and 147. Would you agree? Yeah, because at the middleweight. Yeah, like I, I was going to say, like the difference between the welterweight division and the middleweight division is that welterweights hit like middleweights almost close to a heavyweight, and and middleweights yeah. hit middleweights hit like a heavyweight up to a super heavyweight. So think about it: when you rehydrate into fight night, you are twenty times stronger coming into a fight rehydrated versus with all that weight yeah. and muscle mass that you had to cut to get to your weight, all that rehydrated weight is going to make you come in a lot bigger into that fight. So that's why like 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 honestly like like I really wish, you know, rehydration clauses were gone because like Me too. you know, there's like, you know, for one, there needs to be a consolidation of weight classes because that's why people yes. want Yeah, yeah, that's why people want like uh that's why people make these stupid arguments for rehydration clauses in boxing because you know their fighters are not disciplined to make the weight at like you know at lower weights so therefore they're mentally you know being you know um irresponsible coming into their fights so if you just consolidate the weight classes where it's easier to make the weight that you want to fight at but don't be surprised when you fight somebody that's just as big as you because that's how it should exactly. be. You know, you should be fighting. See, you're on it. You're on to it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Because most people I... don't. They're looking at it from a perspective of like, hey, um, well, the, the fighter's perspective is, I'm going to choose a weight class that gives me the rehydration advantage. Yeah. I can be given to the next guy. Yeah. But, but, but from the outside looking in, the fans don't see that. The fans are just like, well, it's 125, so they're all fighting at 125. No. 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 Even it's if very you... rare that you find anyone <laughs> who walks around close to their fight weight. Literally, I'm probably one of the only people that I know not probably. I'm the only person that I know who walks around as close to my white my, my fight weight as as I do. The only other person who said that they should or that they do was Andre Ward and Floyd Mayweather. Now what now when I'm talking about my contemporaries, even the people I spar with don't walk around close, close to their white their uh their fight weight. Everyone is cutting at least fifteen or more pounds. Fifteen or more. Like again, I, I I I was in a chat the other day. Manny Rodriguez got on Watson Sports. He's 118, fights at 118, doesn't want to go up any higher, isn't sure if he can go up any higher, but he cuts from 145. What? Um, cool boy set. What? 145. Oh, get, get yes. the cool yo yo Manny cool Manny, move your ass the yo move your ass the f you up me? man. Yo, you mean to tell me court. you are cutting all the way from welterweight to bantamweight? What? Cowboy Steph, 160s to 122. He said this on television. On the When him and Boots was calling some fight card that I was watching, he said I, I cut from 150s and, and was looking to the side as, as, as if he cuts a little bit more. Make, basically making it seem as though he was lying that that was light work, that he probably cuts more. Jared Hurd, 200 something plus, 
up up there uh doing touch for with with with, with FA job but come coming down to one fifty four and in his last fight coming down to one sixty. It's like I'm not I'm not surprised by it. The the only thing that would surprise me is if there's someone like, oh, and how can I leave off Sam Rodriguez? Like Sam Rodriguez, if, if I'm not mistaken, Jesse Rodriguez, about, he is not a small guy. He's definitely exactly but I've seen him yeah. in one of my videos that I made and one of the videos that I made on, on my uh post fight reaction to him, he was about one thirty in that video. Me personally, I can't even my body doesn't get to one hundred and thirty pounds and my last fight was at hundred and twenty two. But yeah. if, if if my but if I'm in this class properly, then I could be hundred and fifty according to uh step, right? So <laughs> I'm, I'm, my walk around weight proudly I'll tell you my walk around weight because I, I'm not I'm never inactive if I got on the scale right now it's 124 so 124 to 115 is what 9, nine pounds yeah that that is a lot in my mind right but I haven't even gotten a chance to actually cut directly to my weight I've been going 118 122 but Nine pounds and you get hit once in the face and land and blah 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 not that but the weight cut was the hardest i mean was was the biggest fight is now the is now the, the the most popular term in boxing the weight was the real battle or the weight cut was was the hardest part of the the camp like if because we're not fighting in your actual weight class you know what i mean yeah like, I, in, in the amateurs i was able to fight in seven different weight classes not because I was able to move up and, and manipulate my weight and all of that. No, it's because whenever I got down to like my peak, and I'm at my peak and I'm training, I was 112 pounds. So I would fight there, or, or I would try to fight there. I only got one fight there, and I was at one point. And then I had a fight at 118, 122, 126. Um, the fight at 130, I was 124. The fight at 145, uh, I weighed in with everything on, all of my clothes on, including my shoes, and even then, I came up to 127. Took all of that off after the fight, I was 118, fighting a 145 pound. Wow. So, it, I don't, I, I, I don't, I've always hated great bullies, and I've always, like, looked sideways at these people and how they cut weight. But I can literally go on a tangent of of many, many, many fighters. My favorite, Earl Spence, say we cut from 180 um, to uh, 147, one, one of these uh, terms. He said he can't do that anymore. The Sean Porter said he said with the fat camp. So he, he, he cut from 170s or something like that in that camp, according to him, which clearly was a lie. Because 170s to 147, you add three pounds to the 147, that's 20 pounds. Yeah. 20, 23 pounds, you cut more than that. Um, Sean Moore, Sean Porter cut more than that. But like, Boots Emmett's again, I, I, I may have said this last time in, in the Ray Robinson fight, 
the man would have to be scoring the in, in the corner when when he was eyeing Ugas. I mean eyeing Ugas like he wanted to fight Ugas right then and there to be the Robinson. He had to be two hundred plus pounds then. Of course not plus, but two hundred one ninety pounds then. So I mean Eric St. Lugan, we we have seen him get that that big. So it's like um, I actually ran into Eric Salubin, you know, when I was at that top ranked fight card, you know, for my very first fight, um, you know, for the uh, Joe Smith Jr. Steve Geffert card. But, um, yeah, basically, um, like, you know, when I, you know, ran into Lubin, um, he was a very big person. Like, I mean, I was like way bigger than him, but just by looking at his athletic physique, like he didn't look like a, you know, like an actual 154 pounder. He actually looks like a middleweight. Right. Yeah, middleweight, Thank super you. middleweight. And so. it's weird because it's like when you see middleweight standing next to heavyweights, can you really see that he's a, it's a middleweight when they're standing next to a heavyweight? Or does it look like a heavyweight next to a light heavyweight? Yeah. You know? Or a heavyweight next to a cruiser. Like, it's hard to tell when you see, once these guys are over 5'10", they all start looking the same. Like, the heavyweights start looking like the the cruiserweights, the cruiserweights, until you get to that, like, astronomical heavyweight size, like Wilder, Fury, and all of those guys. Like, those guys are clearly just, they don't make humans bigger than them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you'll be like, yo, if I see anybody bigger than that, then then there has to be a, a, a weight class higher than heavyweight, right? But, like, when I look at Danny Garcia, I mean, Dan, yeah, Danny Garcia and his offseason, I'm like, fuck, that dude is big. But if I see Danny Garcia, like, no, no, not, no. I, I, I see Danny Garcia in his offseason, I'm like, that dude is big. But if I see Archer Baturbiev in the offseason, Standing next to a, a a Joey Dueco, is it going to look like they're in two separate weight classes? No, it's going to look like they're both heavyweights. You feel me? So that's why I'm like, when I look at the weight game, I'm like, some of this should be more of a height class than anything. Like this is being real, some of it should be more of a height class because it seems like people can squeeze a lot more weight onto the their skeleton when they're fighting like not squeeze more when they're fighting little or taller guys it's just like it seems like there's always a weight advantage or disadvantage when it, when, when, when it's an all guy versus a shorter guy because we see the weight disparity there whether it's the small guy having more weight or the tall guy having more weight kind of see it a lot more obvious there than we do when they're close closer to height because I it's hard to see someone bullying you and goddamn near the same size. You know, it's like if Joshua LeBron had me by, by 10 pounds or something like that, we couldn't call him a weight bully because I'm taller than him. You know what I mean? And frame-wise, we were about the same size. So you wouldn't even be, you wouldn't have been able to see the extra 10 pounds, you know? But if he had me by a foot, then you'd be like, damn, that dude's pretty big. Like, are they the same weight class? Because when they rehydrate at that point, or when we rehydrate at that point, you would see our real body size, not the body size we're trying to make for a few seconds, but our real body size, you know? 
Yeah. Like, like uh, for me personally, like, you know, I don't, you know, believe in weight bullies in boxing because, you know, you still have to sacrifice, you know, a lot of that muscle for the body fat being burned. So, therefore, you have more of a chance of hurting yourself, you know, in a fight, like, you know, versus the person that's going down to that weight. So, like, of like uh, for me, for instance, you know, I'm a natural you know, heavyweight, but my actual weight for my height, because uh, I'm six feet tall, um, I'm actually oh, supposed wow. to, yeah, yeah, um, I used to be really um, athletic back in high school, but um, my natural certified weight for all the body fat um, being taken out of, like, my body would be around, I believe, uh, 190 pounds, um, exactly. Um, that's for, you know, like a person that's uh, six feet tall, but, you know, like, you know, um, as you get older, um, that obviously, you know, will like, you know, slightly, um, increase, um, over time, but, you know, my actual, like, perfect weight would be like 215 or lower. So I would actually have, you know, a lot more muscle, but, you know, like as far as like body fat, you know, I'm not really supposed to be like over 300 plus pounds. Like, you know, that's just all right. like, you know, excess weight. And I mean, like, you know, if you look at like, See, but yeah. If you, took, if, if you took that same philosophy and then you put yourself in Pandora's shoes, how could there not be weight bullying? Because clearly he doesn't walk around at 154 and and if you said if you stripped her body of all of its fat, it'd be 190. So clearly, you're a dense, muscular man. Yeah. You started cutting into that muscle from 200 to, to uh, 154, and then you rehydrate up, and you're and, and, and somehow like you tortured your body to get down to that weight. You made that weight. Mm. Granted, you probably hurt yourself in some way, shape, or form, but you rehydrate back up another 30 pounds the next day and you're six foot and you're fighting people on average five eight and five nine <clears throat> i mean i think you would be able to do a lot of bullying with the weight you feel me with the with the height and the weight because that's 30 pounds not more than they have but, but that's 30 pounds on a frame that's not even meant for this weight class you feel me like a, 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 a height like that's really like how Ray Vargas is at 126 like he's not a 126 pounder but he can make 126 yeah, like, in one day like he's supposed he to like naturally he's supposed to be like a welterweight because right yeah he has all that yeah supposed to be a middleweight or high I mean not 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 a middleweight but a light heavyweight or higher like he's, he's six foot six He's six foot six, 154 pounds. And he lied to them people saying that he walks around at 165 pounds more than, than what his, well, six pounds more than what his weight class limit is. And basically five pounds or four pounds less than what I walk around at over my weight. And I'm more active than these boxers. They're getting money. They'll be like, they, they don't have to be active in their offseason. They actually get fat. So I know I'm more active than him because I work. I I, I do more things throughout the day. Yeah. So for him to say he gains less than me in between fights, 
but he weighs more than that the fight the, 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 the night of the fight is a bold face lie because how can you rehydrate more than than you weigh before you start cutting it's impossible like it's, it's your body will allow you to get bigger than what it considers its biggest it's literally like say your 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 limit is 205 right now you cut down to 160 and then you um trying to trying to put weight back on in a day you get up to um 25 it's impossible yeah, your body not, will not allow not. you will die somehow yeah you know so i feel in that way they hurt themselves more than they they hurt the other opponent is when they try to force the uh re- re- rehydration but i do believe in weight will be in whatever you got guys who can barely make the weight they only make the weight uh that day like how Shakur tried to do like and it's no offense to Shakur it's just that's a that's a tank type tactic like that's why tank missed weight a few times because they wait until the last minute to try to suck it all out because it's a behind the scenes saying that you only have to make that weight one time and that's the and that's the uh the height of the weigh-in because in the night of the fight you don't weigh that that's like a fat a fat boy trick is what i call it you know what i mean where it's like where i when i got down to florida i was on weight and i was eating literally i was 117 when i got down to florida wow. uh the, the the liaison who was working on behalf of Kanu loco took me to go get something he's like no 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 there's a, there's a, there's a pound and a half like leeway claws and da, 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 da. i'm like what you talking about i'm not even waiting i'm not eating nothing like what are you talking about he's like no you gotta eat man so the fight is at 122 i'm like what what like so it's like literally like i'm just like i get what it's like to be on weight a fight and actually be on weight like i see it with devin haney like if, if you look at devin haney you'll see it in devin haney he's always like ready got the cheekbones showing his face is showing fighting to tell he's going through shit because he's on a diet at that point where you got like hank he'll he'll be kind of in hiding until literally it's time to make weight and then you'll see him you'll have that fluffy face again you know because yeah and, and really it's part of the game it's part of the game but these guys are doing more than just rehydrating up to where they feel they're safe and they feel they're healthy they're literally trying to make they're trying to guarantee i weigh more than that guy like that's a psychological and physical advantage in their heads and, and and it does seem to play out because for people like tank who goes through entire training camps not on weight why do you think he hits like someone who's not in his weight class because he's not in his weight class you know what i mean yeah. like he's not a 135 pounder he's never 135 pounds until that one night and other than that we'll see him 145 140 all of that shit. like granted he's been better on his weight but we've seen tank upwards of 170 before so yeah i i i i disagree about weight bullying um but i do think all of the weight bullies will at some point meet their match because they all have you know yeah i do i do feel that that to be true um because like i and, and granted i I'm, I'm not saying that that's fact that's my opinion on on why i disagree but it's not it's not that you know like 
in someone else's mind, like not not you or I, they may agree that you you're right. There's no such thing as weight bullying because hey, it could be my fault that I'm walking around 115 for a fight that's 115 all week. They're like, well, well, well what's your, what's what's the point? You only have to make that weight that night. So why are you walking around that light? Well, I, I feel it's a lack of professionalism to to um, be guessing about your weight, to be having a workout or jump rope or sit in a sauna the day of or the day before your fight. I find that un- unprofessional. But um, some the next man might find that as intelligent. You know? So to each their own, to be honest. Yeah, like, I was also going to bring up, like, some other topic, um, you know, um, in, in regards to weight bully conversation. Like, I had this, like, one argument with this uh, one guy on um, Art Man Boxing's channel. Like, I'm not going to bring up his name, but uh, basically... If he's he... a fuck nigga, you don't got to. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. He's an okay... He's not... Like, um, he's a, um, okay person, but, you know, he was trying to, like, basically try to tell me how Amanda Serrano was, like, a weight bully, because, like, you know, no he, way in hell. Um, he never, brought up, never. he brought up, um, he brought up at the time where she went down to 115 to get, like, a title at Super Flyweight, and then she went all the way back up to, like, Featherweight, and I'm like, well, number one, Amanda Serrano has always been a naturally smaller lady, but the only, yes. Like, you know, but the only reason why she probably ever took advantage of that opportunity was because that, one, she either wanted to get a title, you know, for like a quick payday, or two, she just saw like, the opportunity to just go down and, you know, take that fight. Because, you know, they were like, uh, this person was like trying to tell me like, well, you know, if you want to fight better opposition, then just move up and wait. But it's like, fighters don't do that. Like, you know, especially fighters that are not naturally, you know, like, you know, naturally able to move up and wait and like, you Naturally know, bigger individuals. Yeah, because yeah. Because you have to be able to cut some weight to get to that weight class. And if you think of Amanda Serrano, he literally just made a post um, saying he's talking about 126 and why I was great for her. I was, again, you see me standing next to her and she was smaller than me and I was 119. So yeah, she's not out, even she's not one, even that big. Like, yeah, like I'm way like you know I'm way bigger than her. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Saying, bro, bro, I was standing right next to her. Like literally, but um, she was not she was not she wasn't even in camp at the time. Right? She was not she was you know she was after and before the age. Like she still like had to be less than I. Um, and, and call her a weight bully makes no sense because no offense, but uh, um, I guarantee you, you know, you know, you walk around every day than I do, and you cut down to the same class that I do, which is the class that I made this around you cut down to. Yeah, so that's what I. If you're not a bully, then she is not a bully. Yeah, uh, but that's why but the argument falls apart because, you know, if everybody fought at their natural weight, then, 
you wouldn't be able to get away with all these knockouts because you would have to be like you know you would have to be hitting somebody extremely hard to actually hurt them you know if they have just as much you know muscle mass and you know dexterity punch resistance to actually handle you so to me at least i just see it from like a physical standpoint that if you can't take shots from people that are just as big as you then that means that the fighters that you're fighting that are smaller than you they are most likely fighters that shouldn't be fighting you know at the weight class that you're fighting at because like you know you're basically fighting people that are unnaturally smaller than you you're 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 just speaking all facts bro yeah when you actually look at it like are, are these guys extremely hard hitters or are you fighting guys that are two weight classes smaller than you just like you said like are, are, am i fighting people who are actually my size or am i fighting people who are too big for me or too small for me it, it, it all comes into i think um just like you said like fighting at your actual weight and consolidating weight classes because I, I feel like it's more of a new thing to be hiding and moving around weight classes, how Tank does, and um, how a lot of these guys are doing now, like moonlighting at certain divisions and and coming down as you grow. And like people seem to be, to me, back in the day, people would just pick a weight class, fight at it. If they're great, they're great. If they're not, they're not. But that was their weight class, and that's what they contended, whether they were a big puncher, whether they were uh, not so big a puncher, whether they were a great boxer, that's where their body fell and that's where they fought. And it's like, when you look at these guys nowadays, it's, there's so much asterisk and adaptability and flexibility that goes into it where they're like, well, I'm, I'm a lightweight right now, but we'll see in the near future, I'm gonna skip this weight and end up at 148 and, and I mean 147 and you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't feel like any of these fighters have true confidence in them and their ability at being where they belong, not just where they feel they have the advantage to be great, to be considered great. Because anybody can cut corners um, and take a shortcut or an alleyway to get somewhere special. But um, to, to actually take the stairs like somebody like Deontay Wilder has done, that's why he gets so much praise because he's fighting people who have about 20 to 60 pounds. You know, he's fighting people who are naturally big punchers or, or naturally better boxers. And regardless of what backstory, regardless of what skill set, you have he's still trumping it he's still finding a way to destroy it and win and in all of the other weight classes there seem to be so many different things and in my scenario to protect us um from the bs that Deontay had to go through and and we still can't live up to be an iota of of, of what that man is so yeah i feel like the whole boxing community has a lot, a lot of stepping up to do, like as far as athleticism, as far as manhood, as far as humbling themselves. Like Keyshawn has taught us that over the weekend. Like 
Yeah, he's just a coon, man. I don't, I don't like him. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the guy. It's, it, of his mentality, I don't like that mentality and being a cheerleader like that. And and also, I I I, I don't like the mentality of popping shit and not being able to stand on it. Like I made a Bam Rodriguez video, and granted, I believe a little bit of spice to it, but. I didn't take it down because me and Bam is the same weight class. Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to see that dude. And I want him to have seen my shit. And I want to be the guy that, that, that can knock the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not on no... <laughs> yeah. I'm on some... It is what it is. You feel me? And I'm a stand on it. And, and, and that's who I am because I believe in being a man of purpose. I think a lot of these people are just like shifty ass bitches. Like I think that's the only way you can describe it. Like shifty ass bitches, and it's like you got help with the with all of this shit. Not they say he seems talking all of this shit, but then I hear that he gave out the law. Like right, right after that. Like, yeah. Talking <laughs> shit about each other, taking a picture with. Him. Like after saying that blood wants to move with you or you got organic records wants to move. Like what like what is it, bro? Is he beefing or is he not beefing? He beefing come to me on that when I shoot color stuff, I'ma smack the fuck out you. And then if you got a problem, I'ma beat you the fuck out you. And then if you're beefing, you have everybody getting shot. So I'm just I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't get that getting <laughs> nigga mentality that the whole the whole world got like they got this it's young niggas like y'all think like children until you just have to face consequences. You know what I mean? Uh, I think TV said consequences. Oh, 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 yeah, I mean, that's why that I hate, like, like you know, a lot of these, you know, dumb, retarded, casual boxing fans, because um, they'd be, like, wanting to, like, act like that they're tough and shit, but it's like, when they, like, you know, when they see you in real life, you know, nine times out of ten, they're not going to fight you, because, you know, they've never, you know, laced up, like, a pair of gloves, and most people that talk shit about other fighters, like, you know, especially fighters that are on the coincidental versus fighters that are hopeless fighters, you know, they just end up talking like a lot of dumb shit that gets themselves knocked out in real life. But, I mean... Yeah, and it's like... And, 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 and to think that, like... Granted, if I'm talking about a boxer, and most of my analysts kind of try to respect as possible and just analyze boxing. If I have a problem with a person, it's really that I'm a... It's not weird. I'm not gonna make a video about it. I'm just not. Like, I don't get. I don't get all of that. Like I didn't get what Tim Sean's objective was by getting on the video and then passing the fuck out. But then at the same time, claiming I'm on the six and zero. It's like Frank 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 Martin said, "Hey, with the more six and zero ass and stepping on shit over here, and stepping <laughs> on shit over here." So. 
I just, I, like, what, 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 what was the whole rant for? Was it for Roley? I guess it wasn't for Roley. You know? No, it was you know, just... Roley in the ring. You're talking about fighting Roley out there. Like, where did you get from the whole getting on in front of your computer and bringing that camera like that? Like, where did we gain from it? We gained nothing. We, we, we gained more camera time from somebody who wants camera time. But what I did gain was a video that I didn't see before that. And that was... His Olympic video where he was talking shit with them weird ass eyes, glaring like I'm up next and I'm that guy. Clearly, when he lost, when, when the guy behind them pop locking and dancing and shit. I seen that video. So, all he did was draw negative attention to himself. Literally, draw negative attention, clown attention, because then you had Snoop and uh, Kevin Hart when you're not doing <laughs> so it's like, you wanted to have a name for yourself, and now you got a name for yourself. Little shitty cuz, little clown cuz, who, 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 who act like a weirdo for the camera, and, and fight and fight motherfuckers who got over 10 losses every time you come out. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just like, these guys need to really simmer down some. Simmer down just some. Because I, I, I don't see... Like, I, I get, I, I know what the goods are. I know, I can see when somebody got the goods. Just like you can see when somebody got the goods. Like, we all know what the goods are. But none of these guys are that great to be that cocky. Trust me, like, like, don't get cocky. There's a phrase in anime for a reason, right? There's no reason for these guys to be walking around like that. Like, I, I, I don't see why we can't have more champions like that. Like, Quietly confident, or, or, or like Frank Martin, or Earl Smith, who's quietly confident and with the shits. Like, even Jamel Charlo to me doesn't come off as cocky. So Jamel Charlo comes off as explosive. You yeah. know, he comes off as confident, but he comes off as explosive. He doesn't come off as cocky. Like, or, and, 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 and if he does to some people, he doesn't come off as unbearably cocky. Like how these clown ass new niggas, bro. It, it just be like, that's how you really feel about yourself. But I don't think your own girlfriend can like you. Like, I, I, like, if you love yourself that much, then what? Then how does your girlfriend feel about you? Or yeah. how does your mom Because I, I, just, I just don't think there's that much love in the world that you can love yourself that much. They love you that much. And you are the only person, though, who believes you're like the unbeatable best shit in the world, you know what I mean? But without having proved it, or only being 6 and or only being a prospect, or only being a none of these new names have proved to me, have proved to me that they deserve a copy, or deserve to be that disillusioned, or, or, you know, disconnected from, from reality, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. You know, that's why, like, you know, I just like talking to fighters that, you know, that, you know, just come in with like a clear head, you know, in the sport, and, um, you know, they're not thinking that they're gonna be like the ultimate badass taking stuff over because, you know, it's a very difficult road, and, you know, it's like a Tekken journey, you know. <laughs> you know, nothing yes, is guaranteed. You're fighting to be the man who out, but 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 you gotta make it. Right? But see, this is why, 
like uh, this is why that I, you know, told you the like now the other time me and you talked when, you know, there needs to be like tournaments and boxing, but you know, like minus like sanctioning bodies and promoters in the sport, like imagine it at a like you know at a fully marketized level in that setting of Tekken, that would be so awesome that fighters wouldn't have any reason to say you know what they have to say because everything would have to be backed up you know by fighting those like you know those opponents i agree a thousand percent like why why haven't we gotten here again where where where, where we know what fights are coming next and and, and they'll have to announce them because in second style tournament we, we would know right like there's those lines that that'll connect this person got knocked off, there's a little scratch to his name and then moves up. Just like a Mortal Kombat. It just needs to connect them at that point. Yeah. It should be that simple. Literally, it should be that simple. Yeah. It should be, you know, paying for call outs because, shit, you know you gotta fight Michio Rivera next, or you know you gotta fight Donito Donaire next. So I don't know, I, I wouldn't call nobody out, right? You know what I mean? Like, there's so much. And, 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 and not even about the call outs per se. It's like, you can be saying, Oh, ain't nobody fucking with me. You just enter in the tournament. See, there's people that already won this bitch. <laughs> that, that, that ain't saying that. And, and they're entering the game. You know what I mean? So, I just, I really want, we all want the best fight the best in the UFC game. It's just like, my, my biggest pet peeve, and I hate to drag on about it, I do apologize, is coffee. Coffee is coffee fighting. And, um, and yeah, like, I, I, I think I'm gonna take pleasure in my personal life. Yeah. So we, so we got, we got Connor Ben and Pandora, and then we got, does Connor Ben have anything interesting in the undercard on their side of things? Uh, nothing really. I mean, you got like a bunch of weird, you know, British fighters that don't really have that much, you know, skill set, but. I'm not, I'm not really too hyped on it. Yeah, me either. Yeah. But, I mean... Oh, it, oh no. Uh, I was thinking Gary Russell. Gary Russell was fighting close to the 20th, right? Uh, yeah, October the 15th on the... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Gary, yeah, Gary Antonio and uh, Manny, they fight on October 15th. Well, this week is pretty yes, huh? Yeah, so I mean, you know, once Walder comes back, you know, everything everything's gonna be pretty lit. Yeah, right now this week is pretty ass for him. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I mean, not... I mean, yeah, do we have points to look forward to? But it's like, is it to look forward to? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's on. <laughs> we, 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 we love boxing, but like. Are we looking forward to Connor Ben versus Eubank? I wouldn't say. Like, I mean, no. there's still most domestic level, British level domestic talent. Like, we, like, Connor Ben lost to George Groves. Like, um. Uh, uh, don't you mean Chris I mean, Eubank? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. I, you know, I just caught what I said. Yeah, Chris Eubank lost to Groves. Yeah, and Connor Ben has, hasn't been tested. I mean, his biggest man was, uh, was out here. Right? Or what yeah, 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 Chris Algieri. Yeah. I, I know he got Chris Algieri, but was that the one that I, I have it on my YouTube? I could have sworn he 
After that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe we have, um, who else is fighting? Um, I forgot who's fighting on, in October. Um, I just read IG, I can close my, my, my bad, I could have been with my schedule. Hold on, I, I can tell you, <laughs> sorry. I just realized I was an IG caller and I could press home on my phone. So, uh, as Luis Martinez, oh, we got, uh, Martinez on Ca- on Cajas on October 8th for the Wilder, uh... Yeah, they're fighting on the Fundora card, I know that. Oh, wait, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that card. Okay, so that's the one I'm looking forward to, for that one. We were just talking about what again? I'm looking at the schedule now, so... We were talking about what date? Um, for October... 23rd, right? Or Okay, yeah, I got it. Gary Antonio versus Emmanuel Rodriguez should be on October 29th, not the uh, Wilder card. Did he get moved to the Wilder card? Oh, really? Yeah, I, it, on my schedule it says that. Um, oh, uh, wow. I, I, did he get moved from that, or was he supposed to be on that? Uh, that's what I heard. I thought that fight was supposed to be on Wilder. You know, um, Hellenius. Let me, let me go back to because that it might be on Hellenius. I, I mean, it might have got moved from that date to the Hellenius. But um, I see that there's a there is a chopping two in court too that's coming up at the end of the year. But uh, let me go back. I, I, I see he's been posting dates lately. I just can't. It's not coming to my mind right now. Yeah, because I could have sworn that they were fighting on the Walder, you know, Hellenius card. See, I, I know that, uh... I know that, um... Yep, you're right. It's Walder, uh, yep, October 15th. You got it. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I, I can't wait, wait, wait. Why wait. Could... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to that because he's he's been one of the best at uh at 118 for a while now in my mind and in my eyes you know um, he's always been slick always been aggressive um and he's getting like really close to a, a title opportunity so I'm very excited for him man. yeah I think I think and I like fighting I think too I, I might end up fighting if he doesn't keep getting bigger like he keeps like he's 118 but you can see like, he's getting bigger now like I'm looking at him on his page right now yeah Manny I can uh oh Gary Gary and oh and Gary yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah I'm on 115 right now but at some point you know and it's like he's getting a little bigger like even though he's the smallest of the brothers he's getting a little bigger yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go back to the study because I do that because I I I know too much. You should be like this. Some people I don't want to talk about. Um. Oh, who who? 
let's 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 talk this October fifteenth card. So I mean triple header if you need. So Bumgarner Mayo, who you got? Oh man. Um, I got you know with Alicia. I think Alicia, you know, she can she can edge it out against uh, Michaela, but um, I think a Baumgartner, if she's coming in really like undisciplined in this fight, then Michaela might get the victory, but it's not going to be easy because. Mm-hmm. Alright, sorry. Yeah, I um, I was just going to finalize to say like, you know, Michaela is. She has more pressure on her, on her shoulders than Alicia does, so you know. However, she she looks at this fight, thinking that Alicia is not gonna do anything to her. Like I don't I don't see that to be like a thing. Like I, I really see like the fight being, you know, not uh, not as easy for Michaela compared to Alicia because Alicia she been wanted to fight her, so she, um, she already has her like you know um, figured out. You know, in the fight, you know, playing, you know, inside her head. But um, I think as far as like, the style goes, um, Michaela, she's way too flat-footed, and she just has like a lot of, um, how should I say? She has a lot of uh, deficiencies in terms of being hit too much. So if um, if Alicia, if she just outboxes her the entire fight, then that's all that she needs to do. Uh, she doesn't need to like go in there trying to you know prove a statement to knock her out. I mean, if you can knock her out, go for it. But you know, don't you know look for it. So you don't think? So you 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 do think Alicia's the overall better boxer, not just a better fighter, or, um, or not just a stronger fighter? Yeah, I just think she's just like um I um I just think that that she she looks to be like the better boxer oh okay okay see now i see it see it almost identical with the exception of i think michaela mayer is a better boxer i think she has underrated boxing ability something i feel like her boxing ability gets left when i think she may be in a lab working on things that I mean, shock us. Like, looking at, uh, now, who's more the people side next month? Maybe two, right? Yeah, yeah, like, I felt like Amanda destroyed her. Easily, easily, right? Yeah, destroyed her. Uh, so, I, I can't really, like, pull, I can't really, like, pull anything out to say, like, hey, would you consider maybe better at this? Because I wouldn't, and you wouldn't. So, it would be a bad example. But I'm like, I think Alicia Bumgarner may have too much dog in her and have may have already conceded the box. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she may have so much attack in her that I don't think she's coming in to know how to just not not just but how to temper her like he may come in so ready to knock the that's all she wants to do. And if you look at Kansasi out the court, there we go. Kansasi out the court. When 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 I look at Kansasi out, I feel like when we all look at Kansasi out, we all know that Kansasi out is a better boxer than what we should in our Shakur fight, correct? Yeah. Or a better fighter, would you agree? Yeah. 
And Shakur, he got um he got pieced up really bad on that fight because a lot of people and, think and like think Shakur, and, and and I think Shakur even even it, it was better than how he looked in that fight. And Shakur is a great fighter. I just think, but if we're look if we're comparing these two I would say in this scenario, I'm worried that at least the most part of come out there trying to be Kasey out. And Michaela Mayer is experienced with a lot with with, with playing the boxing team and her her slickness. Not that she's extremely slick, but that's what I've heard like her experience in the boxing game more than the boxing game plays to play with the people like that. that I think I think things could be the telltale sign if this if she's not knocked out. If Michaela doesn't get knocked out, Michaela could box could outbox Bumgarner because Bumgarner is trying to have uh, I don't wanna say a bitch fight, but like she's trying to have a dog match. Like <laughs> and Michaela Lear, I feel like she I do feel Bumgarner has this fight. I do feel Bumgarner is gonna have I like Michaela Mayer, and I'm trying to see it I used to like Michaela, but to me, like she, like you know, I feel like she's been gaslighting her, you know, her hype off of like the career victories against opponents that really never brought her to like actual deep waters and made her feel tested. And um, the only, uh, like, uh, the only fighters that I could say that, well, the only fighter that I could say that really gave her, like, her biggest test in which she got hit, you know, but the most was uh, against that My Bahama Douche lady. And she had all the advantages to outbox her, but she never used any of it. She just wanted to just go blow for blow for her. So um, I just think, like, how she's been, you know, progressing throughout her championship run. She... Like, you know, she hasn't been using a lot of defense. She's just been using, like, this, like, walkie-down type of style. But I just don't see that being effective because how she gets hit a lot, you know, she's been stunned multiple times. And, you know, her chin doesn't look really strong to take a good shot. So, you know, if Alicia sharpshoots her with uh, deadly shots that could really hurt her, then... um. I just don't see Michaela really getting up because she, you know, she, you know, she shows a lot of weakness in getting hit without the same shot over and over. And uh, I don't, I don't see this boxing ability that she uses a lot because, you know, most of her fights, she's just been coming forward. She hasn't really been fighting off the back foot, you know, try to switch it up with like the angles, try to use her, you know, use her jab a lot, which, you know, she should be doing that if she's at the taller fighter and, she claims that she has all this amateur experience from the from the um, Olympics in which she got smoked out in the Olympics, but it's like, I just don't see that. It's like her style is not really made to, to actually get a lot of victories. You know, if you put her up against any male style type of fight fighter that has the ability to take those advantages away that she carries now, like, you know, at the super featherweight division. Now, do you think she's going to fight that way? 
yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, see, now that that makes sense for why you think Alicia is going right now. That that's what that's where I get confused because I'm like, I agree that a um she does come forward a lot, but that's including when she's dogging the other girl. But she doesn't. I don't think she was like she hasn't articulated that all that she's gonna dog walk the dog. She's basically said she's going box. I expect her to not become a forward unilateral Yeah. And it is frustrated as Rockana has been just in the fucking rollout and them in their communication. Like how how like she she got tongue tied at times just off the tongue. I feel like if I could do that roll now and granted, I see I, I see her I don't think I don't think that's gonna matter though because like you know Alicia's probably not gonna think about that she's gonna think about making this fight a boxing match and then if I can hurt you then hurt her you know like you don't have to go for let the knockout she's not you know she's not gonna have to really use her power that much if anything she should use it the same tactic that arrow spence used against you know lamont peterson just basically lure michaela into like a really bad shot that she doesn't see coming and then you know she gets you know like obliterated with that power punch yeah but coming off such a a victory never met anybody with deadly power yet she's met a lot of women that have volume punching power but even in her toughest victory against Maiva Hamadouche Hamadouche almost stopped her just you know just with a flurry of punches but you know imagine if Hamadouche if she had you know if she had boxing ability and she started working those power shots to the body and just broke Michaela down with counter punching ability technique then she definitely would have stopped her or, or she would have hurt her a lot more. But then on top of that, women are fighting two minute rounds. So it's like, these- Which like, is why their style like, is determined the way it is. Yeah, cause it's like, 
you know, Michaela, she's not like like a, she hasn't been she hasn't been put through like a three minute fight in you know in any of her fights. So, you know, if all these ladies were put in three minute wars, um, then you know I guarantee you, you know, Michaela wouldn't be performing the way she does because she's just looking to gain points off of her flurry of punches, but. She's not going in there to stop somebody. She's going in there to, you know, just land whatever punches she could land. And, you know, I just look at her style to be like a very lazy, like, come forward type of style with like no proper technique thrown with her punches. She just throws punches that, you know, lands and she just runs with it. It's just like she's not she's not being like. She's not being she's smart. She's better than that, bro. <laughs> huh? She's talking that shit, man. She's better than that. No, no, no. Like, you know, that's just how I see out of her. Because she yeah. fights, like, you know, she fights like a very, like, like a very sloppy version of like a, you know, who's that one fighter that, you know, that was touted to be good? Like, like uh, she fights like Kelly Pavlik, but she's like a very lesser version of, you know, lesser version of him. Like, she I can see very what tall. you're saying, but I think that's a pattern that we, we, we see in a lot of guns. Yeah. Throw your hand, throw your hand, kind of. I just, but man, I think you have a lot more to give. I just think, sorry, go go ahead. No, no, no. You do agree that if if women fought twelve round, three minute fights, most women would probably not go about the distance. You know, like you know, but the way they're fighting right now. No, oh hell no! They they can't fight that way, and maybe they, they can't going that that wild. Like they have no time for lateral movement, pivoting, changing angles. They have no time for that. They're literally set up, punch, trade, 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 back up, trade, 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 back up, trade, 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 rounding. Like yeah, but I feel like when when we look at the highest level up. When we look at Anna Gabriel versus uh, Clarissa Kill, when we look at the, um, uh, Amanda Serrano versus Sticky Taylor, and we look at what um, Clarissa Shield versus uh, who was the girl who just fought? Uh, not just fought. Yeah, who, who was just fought? Um, Emma Koza? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, not the one she just fought. Yeah, yeah, but her. Yeah, but, like, we, we've seen different We've seen different fabrics and and what one women's boxing can show us. Because I feel like when Hannah Gabriel and uh, Curtis Seals fought, she showed us the exact same things you're talking about with um, with Michaela Mayer. That wildness to just throw punches and come forward and that kind of got knocked down. But when she fought, uh, damn, what's the wrestling girl's name she fought? Oh, wait, who? Um, Ivana Habazin? Ivana Habazin? The, um, the one who, who said her ass was battered. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about, um, you're talking about Ivana Habazin. Is that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was, like, trash-talking with Clarissa. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, her. But in that fight, we seen Clarissa boxing. I feel like and just like in the matter uh Toronto and Steven Taylor. Like when I seen 
Amanda coming forward. I didn't see Amanda just coming forward throwing punches. I seen Amanda coming forward um, on angles. I seen Amanda throwing combinations to hit a body. Like, I seen Amanda being creative, actually boxing and winning. Like, I feel like when I see Michaela Mayer in this fight, she's going to be coming full, full, using lateral movement, leading her, and coming forward at times and landing effectively. And I do think uh, the Bumgarner is going to do the same. Um, my issue is who's going to be more effective and who's going to be more effective. You know what I mean? Like, because they're both beautiful women, but <laughs> who's going to hear the punches better is it is, it's what's to say. Because if, if Alicia's on the back foot. She's catching uh, Michaela every time she comes in to try to throw something. That's going to look great for Alicia. But if the vice versa is happening and Michaela's catching her every time, it's going to look way better for Michaela because she's already the defending unified champion. So there's nothing to be better and then the also the benefit of the doubt of the fact that A she's white and then B who also gotta knock her out about knocking her out. And that's I'm not saying that the judges are only gonna be like, hey, she's a black girl, she's seen one unless she knocks her out. But if that's what you're selling this fight to be and you don't see her at all, that's gonna play into the judges' mind too. Oh, she's got all this power, I ain't see this girl rock out what hit every time he comes in. So that's I'm, I'm just playing out different scenarios because I haven't because Alicia Bumbarder does have a lot. You know, she's not she's not undefeated. And Michaela yeah, Mayer I mean, Michaela Mayer is undefeated, right? She has a lot. So yeah. like that plays into it too. The men, like I don't believe in the mentality that uh hey you've lost before so you know how to lose and you'll lose again. And you haven't lost, so you won't lose. I don't believe that. But I do believe that there is a difference in the um, level of preparedness uh, and and level of camps and, and, and people who are built to be undefeated and to stay undefeated. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't see, like, you know, Alicia being that type of fighter where She's just going to like come in and think that she's like the ultimate badass after knocking out Terry Harper. It's just that you know, you know her, you know her level of skill set, you know that she that that she's been improving over the years have you know have seemed to be more, um, I guess, uh, telling in her uh, progression as a fighter. And uh, with Michaela, like you know, uh, this is why that I don't like top rank in the first place well at all because every fighter that uh, that they hype up you know they feed the fighters weak opposition that they know that their fighter is going to win so you know there's always um there's always like a clarity of their fighter going through a little bit adversity but that's why their matchmakers do the quote-unquote supreme matchmaking to make sure that their fighter goes through a tough challenge but it's not super duper tough versus in like any other stage of you know, actual matchmaking that should be 50-50 level matchmaking, that's where 
you know, fighters should be going through all forms of adversity to never to never think that they're going to be matched up with somebody that they're just going to blow out, you know, like, you know, so quick. Now, I, I was trying not to say it. I was trying to say everything but that, but you you basically saying it like no, uh, nobody with a, a, a top-ranked diet is is proven, and I, and I believe that as well. So I just didn't want to say it about my girl. So, like, yeah, she on a top-ranked diet, and this is her first step outside of that top-ranked diet, but... You know, everybody got got to take that leap if they think little buddy and the uh, children of the corn huskers can do it. And I think Michaela Mayer can do it. Like I think. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. Like she's the only bitch that's yeah. she's the only woman that's with top rank. And then now they're gonna bring in Senecia Estrada, but it's like, you know, just you know, look at how they're moving them. You know, they're gonna be treating yeah. them, you know, like they're like the ultimate badass fighter. But it's like. You know they're not taking the risk to go after tougher challenges, and um, like I brought up about the Amanda Serrano weight bully argument that I had in the past with that other person. Like Amanda Serrano, she's been wanting all the big fights. The problem is, is that nobody doesn't want to fight her when she does come to the table. So, you know, two things are going to end up happening: one, she's going to go back down to her natural weight and fight somebody, or just find. You know, but the next available opponent where she's just going to fight them, whether if it's for like a title or not. And I mean, when she did become a champion in her very first, you know, division, the original champion of that belt that she won, she basically vacated it. So it's like, you know, Amanda Serrano, you know, she's a clear example of a, you know, of a throwback game bred fighter, you know, on the coincidentalist. But like, you know, when you look at fighters like Michaela Mayer, or any of these fighters that are protected through a promotional company, they're not taking risks to go after bigger challenges, you know? Like, um, when I heard Michaela Mayer say that she wanted to fight Katie Taylor years ago, I was like, okay, so when are you going to fight Katie Taylor? But, you know, the minute she grabbed herself like a title at 130, why didn't she just use that leverage to go after Katie Taylor instead having, you know, Amanda Serrano go after her, in which, obviously, that was due to business and Katie Taylor not wanting to come to, come to come to the table. But it's like, you know, knowing that Michaela Mayer, you have top rank behind you, Bob Arum can put up that money because you're not a big name, and Katie Taylor, she's a bigger name than you, then that fight should have been made years ago before Amanda Serrano got the opportunity to cool. fight her. Cool. It's like Michaela Mayer had multiple opportunities to fight Katie Taylor. You could have fought Jessica McCaskill at 140. You could have fought Chantel Cameron. You could have fought any of these ladies at bigger weights, but yet you want to keep yourself at 130 and unify the division? No one cared about 130 until Alicia Baumgartner came into the picture. And then with Terry Harper, that fight was never going to, like... That fight was never going to sell, like, you know, um, in the first place. Terry Harper was not that big of a name going through Matro. But yet, you mean to tell so, me, yeah. So this is 135, I mean 130, not 135? Yeah, yeah, this is a super featherweight. Super featherweight, damn, I, I, I got that wrong in my video. I said this was 135, this is 130. Yeah. 
but you know i'm just laying out you know about the facts right there because it's like everybody tries to shrug that off to act like michaela she's this ultimate badass fighter but it's like she was not calling out all the bigger fish fights at bigger weights and i'm pretty sure she can make 135 and 140 but you know when you look at her frame it's like you're not built to like you know you're not built to fight at 130 you know you're supposed to get your get yourself matched up with you know 135 or 140 pounders at least it's like where I, I thought that's where this was at 135 yeah that's crazy yeah, but I just, you know, I'm just not sold on her because, you know, she she, uh, she always stands behind Bob Arum when she talks about women's boxing and she lies her ass off saying Bob Arum is like, the best in the game supporting women's boxing. But yet when Bob Arum talks shit about women's boxing, she keeps her mouth literally. shut. She keeps he her talks, mouth fucking he shut. Talks the most he he, he literally, right. yeah, he literally said women's boxing is, you know, like, the shittiest sport ever. Like <laughs> these people don't watch it. They don't like women. He, yeah, people. Each other. Yeah, There's he no said. Reason to watch it. Yeah, he says people don't give a fuck. Like the only, like you know, the only people that care about women's boxing is me and you know, but the very small community of men that actually put up money for it. That's it. No women, you know, no average woman, you know, off the street is going to say, yeah, I love female boxing, because most women don't watch sports. That's true. <laughs> like Facts, you know though. to ruin to ruin all the females that want to share this around and say oh no nah, you're lying you're a hater like be honest with me like do you really think all the women that watch the WNBA really go to WNBA games just be oh. like oh. yeah no so same I, thing. I know that for facts yeah. <laughs> I mean, w, WNBA real. gets their funding from the NBA <laughs> So, right, yeah, but it's like that's, what I'm gonna that's crazy, and I don't even watch like I don't even watch basketball well enough to know like that was a great example put that way, like a great analogy put that way. Yeah, because if we actually look at the sport, it's more like a, a sub genre that's supported by men. It's not its own thing. Yeah, it's not its own thing. thing. Women's boxing doesn't stand alone on its own. It. Like literally, that's why we're so proud of the um, card with Alyssa Shields being the main event and this being the co-main event because it's standing on its own. And and uh, Katie Taylor and Matt Toronto was like the first to stand on its own. And, yeah, that Katie Taylor first visit. Yeah, that Katie Taylor and Matt Toronto fight was electric. I was there for my birthday, and oh my god, like all the Irish and there. Puerto Rican fans, Ooh. like. Yo, they were they were screaming on one side and, and the other side. Like, I was like literally sitting in like a pool of like Irish fans, and you know I was waving like my Puerto Rican flag, and uh, you know like um, I had this one drunk Irish guy trying to fight me, and I was like, dude, like you know I'll crush your whole fucking face wide open, but I'm not gonna do that until you start pressing me. But like seriously, like I had like Puerto Ricans like standing up for me, but you know. It was, like, a really good event. You know, I had, like, a good time talking with, like, a whole bunch of Irish people. And, you know, I got along with, like, a lot of Puerto Ricans there. So, you know, I just felt like, you know, I was inside, like, a, you know, like a, like, you know, like, it felt like an NBA game mixed with, like, an NFL game. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like a football game 
mixed with another like like uh, soccer game almost. Like, oh yeah, shit can get heated, shit can get real, but at the same time, it's all love because it's it's national pride, you know. Like yeah, it's just like competitive drive. That's all, you know. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't take it seriously unless I'm in the event competing, but. You know, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna express myself out however I want. So, absolutely, absolutely, and and, and and people embrace things and embody things in their own ways. Like that's another thing people gotta understand. Like most people don't uh, take it as seriously as the actual people practicing because the actual people executing don't take it as serious as they embody it the, the uh, supporters or fans you feel me because there are people who just look at boxing as a sport they don't look at it as a fight there are some people who just look at it as a sport actually wins lose and draws there are some of some people who look at every fight as this is like a fight like a street fight like who stole something from my mom and then there are some people who who have a hybrid of of both or some people who don't care at all. Some people who just do it for money and, and do it because it's, it's, it's a way to pay their bills. You know what I mean? And look at it as a side hustle. Whereas there are some fans or people who embrace the fact that it's like, yo, there's one of my people doing something great, doing, some, doing something miraculous. You're going to become undisputed or you're going to become a champion of the world or, you know, so... You have people who embrace, embody, and are energized by this in whatever way. Just, 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 just like you said, whatever the fuck way you feel like it, and whatever the way you feel like expressing it. And I think that's the beauty in it, uh, in entertainment, and is is that transference of energy. I think the issue um, where it comes in is the people who aren't like you, who can't discern that, like what's happening basically like you understand what's happening that that there's pride and and uh there's there's and there's an energy transference between you and someone you're supporting and you and the people around you that you're connecting with because they're they're sharing this energy that that you all are embodying and you guys can relate and and proudly be happy and 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 rebel you feel me Whereas there are some people who take that and it becomes the me versus you. It becomes a, a my race versus your race or my nation versus your nation. And they don't even understand. It's a transference of energy from uh, an athlete to a supporter and a way to simply patronize. Like not, not like in a negative way, but like it's consumerism. We're literally supporting someone. We're paying to support and fan and celebrate. So yeah, it's a decentralized that, form of market anarchism. Yeah, you know. So it, it, it and it's essentially it's essentially gathering for a fun experience. And there are some people who can't realize. I mean, who, who get so overwhelmed by their 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 pride in in an individual. That it turns into a war, and and I don't and I to me I never truly understood that like um like I 
like the, the fights that, that break out amongst like people in the crowd over fighters like I I don't I don't necessarily get that you feel me like I don't get fighting behind a fighter I get fighting behind you disrespecting me but I don't get fighting behind another fighter you know what I mean like I don't get the the, um, the disrespect like shooting like being disrespectful to each other behind it like I get I get are honestly expressing yourself and if that can be offensive they can be taken that way but uh, it's I'm saying that that, that, that that opens the floor for conversation and communication about what what we love most um, and it makes room to get to facts um, but that's that's all I'll say about that really really I, I, I kind of derailed us a little bit I do apologize no, no, man. You know, like you know, like you should, you know, uh, you know, um, express how you feel and you know what you want to say. Uh, but to to me, at least, I you know, I just treat boxing like any other sport. I I, I, I like now. I just come to be objective. I don't come to be like a racist piece of crap person. You know, I you know want to see what the best you know glorious fights made for the sport and I want to, you know, become a contributor of it one day, hopefully, you know, like, obviously, like, I have my own career that I focus on, but, uh, you know, I would, you know, I would like to be, you know, like a part of something to, you know, turn turn the pages of history to, to, to become a good contributor. Yeah. And I, and I think you already are. You already are in your, in your, journalistic career so far you know what I mean by, by, by being a truth teller you are and being consistent in rebuilding because you, you were already there so yeah man but um I think that's about it uh I had a great conversation chatting it up with you and uh you know keep me updated for the four minutes, man. yeah man <laughs> man like <laughs> Yeah, like we've been going on for like two and a half hours. Ooh. <laughs> Time no clue, man. We're definitely having fun. Yeah, like we should do this again if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Let's 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 make it a regular thing, man. Yeah, for sure. Like we could get so many people, you know, you know, linked up on this. Hell yeah. Yeah, and, but and and, and it could be a weekend thing, you know. Yeah. Weekend yeah. box. Some shit. Yeah, you know, just you know, just call it shooting, you know, shooting up at the beltway or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Chopping it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll definitely call. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but definitely have a good one, bro. And thank you for having me on, man. It was fun. Yeah, most definitely, man. Like I'll talk with you soon. All right, go ahead. Yes, sir. Peace. I'll see you. All right, all right, all right. Thank you guys for watching. Shout out to Combat Toolbag, a.k.a. Wise Warlock, you know, Mr. Michael Angelo Turner. And, uh, yeah, man, I had a great chop session with, uh, you know, the one and only soon to be, you know, uh, you know, up and, you know, rising up and coming fighter. And, um, yeah, you know, check him out, man. Check out Combat Toolbag. Um, 
you know, he's a good person. And uh, this is definitely being uploaded to the podcast for those of you that don't know. So um, definitely had a lot of fun talking boxing with uh, Combat Toolbag. Um, definitely will be doing this a lot more often. And uh, yeah, man, uh, be sure to like, rate, comment, and subscribe. Um, check me out on the podcast links and, um, you know, everything else included. So I'm just on my grind. I'm going to continue to keep getting better. And um, eventually we're going to keep getting bigger. So that's pretty much it. Appreciate you guys. Salute to the mighty, mighty LDBC and salute to the TWT. And I am out. And also, long live Puerto Rico. Hope everything's well for everyone that's out, you know, trying to recover in the hurricane. So I hope everything's doing well. And also for the victims that had suffered from Hurricane Ian down in Florida and the other parts of the South. So um, hope everything's well for everybody that's out there. And I will see you guys later. Have a good night. And I'll see you guys. More content being uploaded on my channel for gaming and um, other stuff. So I'll see you guys. Have a great day. Peace out. Bye.